Acknowledge me. It's a new day. Yes, it is. I am Vaughn Johnson. Oh, smile like you can kick your face off. I'm done with that. You got me mad now. You know you got a bad tickle. Feeling good. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of energy again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I love purple. I was like, yes, <laughs> like this guy's awesome. With my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick McCone. That's me. Are you humanoids? Get ready. I don't know where the kid is that was a ride list, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Christian's a man! Oh! And I have passed the brain to see But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you I know my wrestling. Nick, he, don't know, he don't know nothing else. <laughs> you know that wrestling. Like he know that wrestling, boy. <laughs> he was about to hop over the table. What? <laughs> you are empty, break your heart. What a beast. Fuck. Boom. No sleep, no food. No nothing. Just maniacism. You got the water, man. Give me a hell yeah. I said, give me a hell yeah. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, out there in internet land, and welcome to episode 352 of The Stray Shooters, available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacona, Fox PHL, the gambler, and Philly influencer. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on episode 352. It is a deep dive. We are diving deep into the 2000 Royal rumble this is a patreon request too and we're going to have a special guest here on the program by the name of chris johnson of course dropping in with the patreon request he's going to drop in with his thoughts on the 2000 war rumble but before we dig into all of that surrounding the 2000 war rumble and all the happenings surrounding this show i gotta do my weekly check on my mean man pots and pants nick how you doing on this tuesday evening my good brother the Eagles are in the NFC Championship, so I'm doing pretty damn good uh, this week, at least, <laughs> and <laughs> probably next week because uh, I'm fairly confident that they're going to get the job done and head to the Super Bowl. I actually had a dream last night that uh, they were in the Super Bowl. It was the fourth quarter with 12 minutes remaining. I think they were up like eight, eight or ten points but it was like funny because i was just kind of like laying back like ah they're gonna win the super bowl because like they're so damn good like there was no chance whoever they were facing would come back for 12 minutes left of the fourth you know that's that was my dream i I literally had that dream last night so uh yeah been pretty good uh you know after a phillies world series run we we get this from the eagles so it's pretty good philly sports land it is nice. It is nice for all involved, too. When sports teams win, mm-hmm. the media outlets tend to get more money. So <laughs> we win it, too. <clears throat> so traffic goes up. Yep. Newspapers get sold. When the Eagles, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, or at least I can say when we won in 2017, the Daily News or the Inquirer cover the next day, I'm sure people was buying them up. Oh, yeah. So, you know, everybody wins. They <laughs> win teams, <laughs> win championships. So... Uh, but yeah, we will be uh, checking out all our coverage of the Eagles at Inquire.com, obviously, and on the Instagram at, at Philly Inc. Sports. Great coverage over there as well. So yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. That game was, um, 
again, was not close. <laughs> no, not at all. But, you know, and that's kind of what I loved about it. You know, I was kind of, I don't want to say bored, but uh, no stress, which was nice um, for a divisional game, at least. And, uh, you know, the 49ers are a good team, but I, I, the Eagles aren't that team. So um, looking forward to it. And uh, we got the Sixers, too. What, there's number two seed now? I mean, kind of out on them until, uh, you know, we get someone other than Glenn Rivers in there. But it's still pretty nice that they're doing well as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pitchers and catchers are going to report soon, too. That's right. That's in a couple weeks. And Philadelphia (laughs) Union soccer is back soon. So, Man, (laughs) it just never stops, man. I got so much work to do. <laughs> I got so much work to do. Uh, let's get into some... this Sunday. <coughs> it Saturday. is. Saturday. 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 Yeah. Saturday night shows. Fantastic. You know I love them. I'll be hanging out with the, the, good, the good brother, Tommy Rowan. Uh, we'll be watching it together. If you want to join us, Nick, you're more than welcome, obviously. Uh, we'll keep that in the back pocket. <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to link <laughs> up. So, uh, but yeah. Uh, love Saturday night shows because it allows us, you know, to get together, and hang out sometimes. And then, right. um, War Rumble is obviously a, it's a show that is always very exciting because of just the unpredictable nature of the match. Even though everybody thinks they know who's going to win, and everybody's predicting Cody's going to win the men's side at least, we don't know for sure. So, and it's thirty people in the match, you know, in, in each match. So, and I always equate it to, you know, I always do this, you know. <clears throat> analogy in that you know the Super Bowl is WrestleMania this is the conference championship right. and this will happen we're going into the conference championship games this weekend <laughs> which is why the, the, the Royal Rumble is on Saturday and not on a Sunday because yeah. <clears throat> you don't want to go yeah. up against an, an AFC championship between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> you don't want right. to do that right the last time uh Eagles were in the NFC championship game the Royal Rumble was in Philly how about that yeah, in between the championship yeah. game and the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that was a fun time five years ago. It so was. It better be a fun time again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <This week. laughs> it's it's fun in hindsight when we won it all. Right, like exactly. <laughs> a lot of fun. We 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 got the ring at the end. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's a good time right now. Uh, to be uh, in Philly right now as far as sports wise, but uh, it was a good time Monday night at the Wells Fargo Center. For the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, which, look, I wasn't really looking forward to, like, you know, the reunion shows that WWE do. Because in the past, they've stunk. Yeah. And given the lineup that they was going to trot out there with Hogan and Flair and Undertaker, I wasn't really looking forward to that neither. But when I watched the show, I was like, damn, that was was actually a lot of fun. (laughs) Like, they actually used the legends, like, in a good way. Didn't have them beat anybody up. I love the the Triple H. Like I'm tired, man. I can't okay. I can't fight no more. Yep. <laughs> and we're all too old. I love that. Uh, I thought the show just yeah just the oh man the uh, the trial of Sami Zayn was incredible. Yeah, he's Paul Heyman <clears throat> dropping the Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, master, yeah. Master. Gotta love that. Uh, and then you got uh, you know the, the <laughs> exhibit A and B and C of <laughs> Sami Zayn, which is all real footage that they shot. It wasn't like they had like alternate angles. Right. That's what they actually shot aired live. And then Jay Uso of all people. 
to be the one to and, defend Sami Zayn like a like a brother stopped stopped uh, Solo from doing it from hitting him with the Samoan spike, and he's the one who had his own evidence. I got I got video ooze play the footage, and he had like five videos of again while while Sammy <clears throat> legit tears legit man cry crying and I was laughing lip quivering so hard man that was beautiful it's that tremendous. Tremendous, <laughs> man! And then they tied up with the whole tag team title thing, mm. and of course Samuel Uso has to step in. <laughs> yeah. He's good to go, and they retain the titles together, like brothers. <laughs> man, that's dope, man. That was, and it's like they the funniest so many thing. Different wrinkles that like <clears throat> we don't even think about in this, right? Because what if Jimmy's jealous? Right about this, Solo is, might be mad at Jay. For, you know, why you touch yeah. me like that? Yeah. But also, <clears throat> I, you gotta love the fact that people are cheering Sami Zayn. They were rooting him on in those videos of like what Jay yeah. Uso is defending him. Yeah. He's helping his friends cheat, <laughs> and the people are like, "Yay!" It's like this is wild that this is working like this. That he's a the Sami Zayn is a baby face. Yes. And then they yes. got the baby face. They did the baby face thing with them. With oh, he's hurt. He's got a substitute. And then mm-hmm. he comes in and and, and, and the roof came off. Yeah. They embraced big hug. It's like what? This is wild. This is like <clears throat> this is like what the NWO was trying to accomplish when they had like <laughs> the factions, you know, split yeah, off. Yeah. Right. This is what they dreamed of. It was like having these types of stories within the group be like. Mm-hmm. You know, great, and you can spin off a babyface potentially. That never happened. <laughs> there, was, there was no depth to it. It was like the story kind of made sense, but it's like, okay, like why are you really, why are you that mad about this? And it's like <laughs> they don't go the extra mile. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, okay, well, whatever. This is like literally going the extra mile just for the story that they literally built from June, and maybe even like at least that's where the footage started. So. I mean, damn, you but go the, back all to June. <laughs> right, and, the, like, and like I said, that footage was like man. the actual footage they aired. Yeah. It wasn't like, and it, like, like they pretty much rewarded you for watching the show, which WWE never That's does. Big. That's big. <clears throat> they actually big rewarded you <laughs> for watching the show week in and week out. Here you go. You've been paying attention, haven't you? And we all have. We know. We've we been watching, so we know Sami Zayn's been, been looking out for the bloodline. Yeah. If you're not a, 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 a you know a, a weekly viewer, if you're not a consistent viewer, you might not have. But that that segment should have convinced you. And, and it's compelling arguments on both sides. There were times where Sami Zayn did fold, <laughs> but there were times when he stepped up. So it's like, oh man, this is this is crazy. Now we got to stretch it to SmackDown, which you know Roman's like, I don't want to see him. Yeah, you know Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's gonna be wrinkle because it's like Roman's mad that Sami stepped in and like right. did it. For the Usos, you know, like that. Look, it's Sam's going to be at SmackDown. Something's happen- going to happen there. It's going to be well, wild. KO versus uh, Solo at SmackDown. Uh, I actually anticipated that match happening the previous SmackDown. I didn't think they would do it the day before the Rumble, but we got that coming up, and I'm sure there'll be some shenanigans and heading into the Rumble, and then obviously Rumble is Sammy's test, whatever that is. Oh, my so. God. It's going to be so good. I'm looking Man. forward to it so much. It just made me so yeah, excited. Me too. Me too. It just made me so excited. <laughs> I'm and sorry. Listen, we get excited for the Rumble like every year, but this is different. Because this is different. <laughs> one, Triple H is you know heading creative as, you know, as far as we know still, even though Vince is back. So we have that like extra like uh, at least – 
this story won't be tainted by Vince or whatever. But then they're at, they're adding these layers, especially during the course of the last few weeks. You know, like it kind of drug on a little bit through the months with you know a layer here and there. You know, every few weeks. But man, they're just adding it every single show now. It seems like a different layer that you're just like, oh my god, like how could they possibly make it better? And then they do it. So I think that's what we're feeling Friday heading into Saturday is, okay, how are they going to make it even better um, until eventually, you know, the turn. <laughs> Trademark symbol, the turn. You know, like, yeah, we'll see, man. See I'm, just, I'm just here for the ride, bro. I'm just enjoying yeah. this story yeah. for while we have it because once it's over, it's going to be hard to replicate something this because good at the top of the card. For, for how many times? Like we were like, oh, this is when they're going to get Sammy, but then something else happens that just pulls you right back in. I thought it would start the cracks in the foundation at War Games, and mm-hmm. they still kept it going after that. So kudos. Look, right, I'm not yeah. mad at it. Yeah. It's by far the best thing in wrestling as far as a story. And they, uh, I, story I agree. Line. And they, they tell you, they're giving you like a little bit of Roman that he's like kind of more of a hothead now than Jay. You know, like Jay was the hothead for a long time. Jay but still now, is the hothead, though. He, he is, but like now he's, Roman's he, more of the big How long ago was it when he said, <laughs> he said, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. That was Jay. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. That's not like he was always. It was like October. That was during the Phillies, the, World Series, Phillies playoff run, and I remember that. Yeah, but so. he was always the pain in Roman's ass. Remember, he had to beat him into submission yeah, just to get did. into the bloodline. He did. Stop fighting me. We can win together, brother. Bam. Punch him in the face again. Stop doing this. Join me. Boom. <laughs> like, And well, look, Roman was right. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think Jay ever forgot that. <laughs> like, he's, that's still in the back of his mind. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's going to be very fun to watch Saturday night. War Rumble. I can't wait. Uh, also, another thing I can't wait for is tomorrow night, Dynamite. Yeah, we're recording this on a Tuesday. Of, yeah, well, not during Dynamite. So, um, but as yeah. you you might be listening to this after the fact or during whatever, but uh, it was announced Wednesday night. First, I think the news broke by uh, Sean Ross Sapp. At least the first person I saw reported was that he was told that uh, Warner Brothers Discovery gave AEW permission to book Mark Briscoe on Dynamite. So that's like wow. Like wait a minute, because yeah. remember before you know. Jay Briscoe's unfortunate passing, the word on the street was Warner Brother Discovery wanted nothing to do with the Briscoes, which is why you never saw them on Dynamite. You saw everybody else in the Ring of Honor roster on Dynamite but the Briscoes. Well, unfortunately, Jay Briscoe has passed on uh, in tragic circumstances, obviously. So under these special circumstances, Warner Brothers Discovery is allowing AEW to put Mark Briscoe on television tomorrow night as we record this here Tuesday on Dynamite, on TBS, against Jay Lethal. And Tony Khan said that this is going to happen in Lexington, Kentucky, where Dynamite is, obviously, uh, which is where Jim Cornette is, which is <laughs> should be interesting to, <laughs> to hear his thoughts Watch on the show. Somehow <laughs> popped up on the show. Huh. <laughs> he, might, he might, he might. Uh, but this will be Mark Briscoe going against Jay Lethal in pretty much a Jay Briscoe celebration match, celebration of Jay Briscoe's life. Tony Khan said in his tweet, requested by both men, celebrate the life and legacy of the late great Jay Briscoe on his 39th birthday. His longtime rival slash friend, Jay Lethal versus his brother, Mark Briscoe. And it's like, man, that's going to be... I don't think there's going to be a dry eye in the house in Lexington, Lexington or in like wrestling. Nah. 
Not one. Like, I couldn't imagine being Mark right now. Right. Could yeah. not imagine. Like, just, for one, your brother passed away. And it's like, obviously, that's devastating. But on top of that, he's you're professionally tied to him, too. So it's no, there's no, like, your, your career's changed, right? And now there's no escape from, like, oh, well, wrestling can be my sanctuary. No, wrestling is where my brother is always at. You know, like some people, they go through things, but they can go to, you know, some people bury themselves in work, right? And it's not always good, but that's what people do, but that's their escape, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that's your nine to five or, you know, even athletes do the same thing, right? You know, you see a football player, there's no telling what that football player is going through when he's not playing on game day where football can be his escape, right? Well, your Mark Briscoe, where is his escape? Like, how could you, how, how can he, I don't know how he could do this, man. This you got the strength of this guy to go out there in front of people. What is it really like, what, like a week? I think yeah, the week tonight? A week, yeah. We're, as we record, there's a week. So to, by the time this match happens, it'll have been eight days after his brother's death. To go out there and do the thing that you and your brother always did, which was wrestle. And he always did well. And be, oh, I couldn't. Man, I don't know. what it, This is crazy. How many, like, people are going to just chant Jay Briscoe the whole match, bro? Like, I don't understand, yeah. like, yeah. how, what this is going to be on something like we even haven't seen on national television, uh, in wrestling at least, in a long time. I don't know what we're going to expect here. But I expect it to be not since the extremely Guerrero, emotional. Yeah, the Guerrero Trivia <clears throat> shows maybe on mainstream TV. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while, and I mean, I guess it's good that it's been a while. But like, damn, man, this is this is this is wild. It wasn't this this you know as much as you know Eddie Guerrero had friends. They weren't his blood siblings. You know, this is from you know from. From the sandbox, literally. With Mark and Jay, man. So I, yeah. Man, that's this is gonna be It's gonna I be don't, heavy. And uh it's gonna be heavy, you know, man. You know, we don't know when I don't know if it was announced as of this recording when um when the match will be, if it'll you know, take the main event slot or if it'll be the first thing. I I imagine it's either gonna be the first thing we see or the last thing we see. I I, I don't know if mm. You know, be smack dab in the middle of the show like that, but you know that gives it even more meaning to uh, at least me as a fan, like just how they're going to go about this. And yeah, um, this is crazy, I mean, AEW's dealt with this before, you know, with Brody Lee. So that's true. Um, that's true. You know, that's fair, man. This it doesn't seem like this is going to be like a tribute to Jerry Biscrow's show. It's more like a match, but you know that match is going to be the most watch match i think on dynamite in a, in a very long time if not you know ever in the short history of that show but um the fact that it was announced today literally hours after i think dave Meltzer was the uh, one to report that w uh, or warner brothers discovery was still uh banning uh mark from dynamite and this game literally eight or nine hours after that um that the match was happening so um that too, I, th- I think that turnaround, the sudden 180, like really gripped people. It's like, well, thank, you know, thank Discovery for doing that. Um, 
but then kind of the reality of it sets in like oh my god like what are we gonna witness because it's gonna it's gonna give us all the feels man <laughs> yeah all the feels it's just yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna very, get us through the tv screen like it's gonna be a very the first emotional second time. yeah i yeah, like i don't know when the match goes on i just i have no <clears throat> excuse me i have no yeah there's no, there's no feel for this. There's no, you don't want even like a, a you know, a, 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 a guide on how to handle stuff like this because you don't want it to happen often, obviously. Right, exactly. So, yeah, there's no playbook. We'll just, we'll just all watch it tomorrow, man, and pay homage to a legend in Jay Briscoe. And Mark Briscoe, you are a tough, tough individual. That's, it takes a lot of fortitude to do what he's doing uh, tomorrow. It it's. I mean, really, is bottom line. Like, you got to respect that. That's crazy, man. That's wild. It's just, yeah. We talked about it last week, and it's tough, and it's still tough. It's going to be real tough tomorrow. It's going to be real tough tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of people with tears in their eyes tomorrow night watching this match. I don't know if I'll watch a more emotional match. If we'll watch a more emotional match this year than... This match, uh, I hope we don't. If that makes yeah, sense. that's true. <laughs> from a from a rea- from like a real emotional standpoint, like heaviness. Yeah, yeah hope yeah. not. I hope they get swept up in emotions for big matches, but like for obviously for much different reasons. Right. Um. But yeah, that's gonna happen tomorrow night on Dynamite. We'll all be watching, so it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a uh, emotional time. But. It's time to transition from current day stuff to past nonsense in this time. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of past nonsense. 23 years ago. My goodness. To the day as we record this. Yeah. We're recording this on January 23rd, 2023. This is the 24th, actually. So we're one day removed from the... Oh, <laughs> damn. Do you think and it was the, the 23rd all again. day? Um, I thought it was. Yeah, You're living in yesterday. I living in yesterday, man. It's the twenty fourth. You're right. I I wrote that down somewhere too. <laughs> like I've typed it up somewhere. January twenty fourth. Oh, is it and on Twitter dot com somewhere? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, no, I did the right date, and I did the I did a post yesterday on a uh, on an Instagram account that's like on this day because the Eagles clinched the NFC Championship ah. back in for the old fourth season back on January twenty yes, third, yes. two thousand five. Yes. So. Yeah. I know I did that yesterday. So I knew the date yesterday. Today, I didn't do a post like that, so it was all right. There you go. <laughs> I would have double-checked. I would have double-checked, all right? At least so, you got the month right. <laughs> <laughs> like whatever episode that was that I didn't uh, change the heading. <laughs> Look, man, you put it on the paper. I was going to read yeah. it. Yeah. I was going to read it. I just made up the fact that it was a twenty third anniversary. I didn't write that down. I just thought that it was. I just assumed that it was the right day, and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but are you ready to dive deep into the two thousand Royal Rumble? Let's go. They call you Cactus Jack. They call you Triple H, King of the Death Match, WWF Champion, the myth that lost an ear and a man that will go. Any length to win. Barbed wire scars, C4 explosives, blood, sweat, and tears. You've maimed, crippled, and injured men 
your entire career. Some say you shoot from the hip. You will lose this street fight. I say you just shoot your mouth off. Some say you can't be beat. I am the game. I say I've played this game before and won. I am Triple H. I am Cactus Jack. Some call me sick and sadistic. I am the sickest SOB in the business. I call myself Champion. the World Wrestling Federation Champion. There will be no laughter, no, laughter. no regret, no regret, no remorse. And now, 1-800-COLLECT presents, live from New York's Madison Square Garden, the WWF Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble in 2000 took place on January 23rd, 2000, not the 24th, but the 23rd. It emanated from Madison Square Garden in New York City. According to good old Wikipedia, there was 19,231 people in the building. You know, Wikipedia is always on point. So always. We'll, you know, take it take it on his word. That's right. The tagline for this show was the road to WrestleMania begins. Hmm. And I looked it up. It was the first time that road to WrestleMania was used as part of a tagline for the War yeah. Rumble. That is what I thought. And it makes the set make all the much more sense. <laughs> I mean, it made sense on its own to me. Eh, I hated it. Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna it's, disagree on that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Stupid. Let me let, let me get. Let me, <laughs> we'll talk about it. All right. Uh, this is though the first Royal Rumble in New York slash Madison Square Garden. So it was in Albany back in '92, but in New York City, it's the first one, and of course Madison Square Garden. I'm surprised it took to 2004 the Royal Rumble to get yeah. to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, me too. It got. To Providence, Rhode Island, before right. Madison Square Garden, in Fresno, California. <laughs> but it took like There's what twelve Dome years. In Tampa, uh, right. college campus. <laughs> what is going on here with the Rumble? It took like twelve years for it to get to Madison Square Garden. SummerSlam had been there multiple times, at least once. No, multiple times. Was it ninety one yeah, and ninety eight? Yeah. Survivor Series had been there, and what? Yeah, Maybe not yet. 96. Not 96. You're right. 100% right. I, yeah. I was thinking 02 might have been the first time. So, yeah, of course, WrestleMania. So why not the Rumble? But here we are. Finally got there. They didn't go back, though, until 2008 uh, for I the Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was a great one. That was one where John Cena came out at mm-hmm. number 30, uh, shocked the world, won the, won the Rumble, uh, and then lost in the middle of the card at WrestleMania in the triple threat match. <laughs> um, but WWE has not been back to... Madison Square Garden for the Royal Rumble since. Hmm. So, yeah, I they don't do TV tapings there a whole lot anymore. Every now and then, so I guess that's you know part of the reason why they don't they wouldn't go there for a Royal Rumble or any other show for that matter. Maybe maybe you make an exception for a Royal Rumble, but they have not. Maybe, um, but it's kind of surprising though, still because you know. Madison Square Garden isn't getting WrestleManias anymore. Uh, they're not getting SummerSlam, so maybe a Rumble. Well, nope. Maybe not, because uh, now they're in, they've been in stadiums. So uh, That's true. Maybe you got to get money in the bank there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get something else there. Yeah, because they're bigger shows. You're right. The bigger shows are going to backlash. stadiums. <laughs> Man, that would be that would suck. <laughs> Sorry, Madison Square Garden. I'm sorry, MSG. You're above backlash. WrestleMania backlash in particular. Maybe just backlash. 
But not WrestleMania backlash. No, SummerSlam just, payback. Yeah, <laughs> stop it, right? Summer, <laughs> SummerSlam payback. No, we can put that anywhere else. <laughs> I don't want to disparage any building by saying WrestleMania backlash can go there. I'm not even going to name a building. I mean, War Games just, on Survivor Series would be pretty cool. Yeah, we could just call it War Games, or I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if they'll ever get rid of that Survivor Series name. I'm not I'm not married to it whatsoever. You know that. Yeah. So call a Starcade for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> Just get rid of it. I don't care. Survivor um, Series, Starcade. <laughs> Survivor Series, Starcade. Stop it right now. They're going to disparage Starcade by making it a subtitle. That's crazy, bro. It's bad enough you did it to Backlash. Like my childhood favorite pay-per-view from 2000. That's ruined now. You can do it to Starcade. Right, it has been ruined. It's terrible. I don't know why they did it. Oh, is that on the calendar for this year? I am not sure. I hope not, man. Because uh, the last time I checked the pay-per-view calendar was a while ago, actually. So, I mean, okay, I can check on. it right now. Hold on. Let's as see we here. record, which we tend to do now. But yeah, that's, yeah, That's what happens. That's all right. Yeah. All right. NXT Wikipedia. spring breaking. Okay. <laughs> In your house. There's no WrestleMania backlash on here. I see a lot of NXTs. A lot of NXTs, but. uh, That's a shame. No WrestleMania backlash. Thank you. Oh, bummer. Thank the Lord. Because that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Well, for now, the one one you're seeing from WrestleMania 39, April 1st and 2nd, the next one's Money in the Bank in July. Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna definitely have something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's not penciled in yet, so that means they could change it. Sure. Okay, it could sure. change. That's what that's what that's what I'm here for. Just just <laughs> give me that hope. This is the first pay per view of the year, my favorite year in wrestling, hmm. 2000. At least from one side, it's not WCW that made it my favorite part, my favorite year in wrestling. It was WWF. This was my year full just head first into wrestling fandom watching this year and it was a great year first pay-per-view of the new millennium as well first year first pay-per-view of 2000 remember all that oh yeah remember all the panic surrounding y2k not y2j y2k (laughs) okay uh people was buying peanut butter and sardines and stuff over a, a computer bug that was supposed to do what? Who knew? I guess uh, launch bombs and stuff or something. <laughs> that was wild, man. Yeah. Oh, and nobody knew what the hell they were talking about. But people Not in the all. supermarkets, Not just all. in case, 2000 going to be crazy, y'all. And it was like, n- nope. Once that just date fine. goes to zero, zero, <laughs> instead of nine, nine. It's it's chaos. Chaos. <laughs> chaos and students. All of a sudden, the purge hits at the stroke of midnight. But that's not what happened. Instead, we got we got Royal Rumble, where there was a little bit of panic, maybe a little bit, because WWF was in a little bit of a precarious position, despite its dominance. And let's not, let's not get it twisted. WWF was firmly on top of the wrestling business by January of two thousand, but. The company's top star, Steve Austin, was at home recovering from neck surgery. Hmm. It wouldn't even appear on TV again until April. Hmm. He eventually returned to the ring in September, but that wasn't before WWF had to go a good 10 months without its top guy. 
Also missing was The Undertaker. He was out with an injury. Oh. That injury forced him to miss WrestleMania. Oh, wow. So you know it was serious. It was the last WrestleMania he'd miss until 2019. How about that? So, yeah. It was serious. Fortunately for the company, though, it had some depth, especially at the top of the card. Namely, The Rock, who was easily... He could easily be slotted in as the company's number one baby's face in Austin's absence. But they had so much depth that The Rock, number one baby face, isn't even challenging for the title on this night. That goes to Mick Foley, who is in a heated rivalry with the game, uh, who's just rounding into form as the game. Triple H, the company's new top heel, at least from a wrestling standpoint, because obviously the top heel was always Vince McMahon. <laughs> right? Yeah. But in the ring, you know, if you couldn't beat up Vince, you didn't want to see Triple H get beat up. But as fondly as this show is remembered, or as this time period is remembered, in particular, at least for me, WWF was really just getting started. Because on this night, Taz debuted from ECW. Eight days later, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Perry Saturn, and Dean Malenko all debuted on, on Raw. Eight days later. That's Eight incredible. days later. Incredible. It was really an embarrassment of riches for WWF at the yeah. time. Yeah. They'd obviously get even deeper once WCW closed its doors. But for even you know for WCW and ECW to still be around at this point, WWF had crazy depth. Especially yeah, they, in its mid card, they had just brought in the Dudleys too. So, like, yeah, at the end of '99, it was very. They were like well on their way to being, um, obviously from this pay per view, but like well on their way being one of the most historic tag teams. So, you know, they they had people even before these the influx of Taz and you know the Radicals and stuff like that, which is just crazy to think about back then. And Kurt Angle debuted in '99. Yeah, yeah and, which Survivor who Series. knew who knew what he would become. Right. So, yeah, it was, they were stacking the deck to the point that they had, like, this amount of depth in the mid-card they really Jericho never had. came in. Like, I'm just thinking yeah. about, guys, that we saw at the Royal Rumble, and it's like, Jericho wasn't even there, you know, half a year. No. So. He got there, what, August? So, August, yeah. Or was it July? I thought it was, no, maybe, it was I don't August. know. He, Early August, oh, technically. Okay. So. Either way. WWF was building depth in his mid card that it really never had at, at that point. Uh, at least from like I said, mid card and tag team standpoint, you know, he probably had depth at the top, but wasn't always super deep in the in the rest of the card. It is getting to that point in two thousand. Like a lot of people are coming in and adding to the depth and adding to this product that was already again on top. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it just took it even further. But now I'm going to ask you, because we got a little break in the action here. (laughs) Nick, where were you in life in January of 2000? Started my freshman year of high school, September 99. So I was smack dab in the middle of my freshman year. Uh, Still finding my way, I'm sure, you know, in the crazy land of high school. Um, But... I think at this point, like I was, when Austin was out, I was just kind of like, Ugh. like I didn't gravitate towards The Rock. Uh, probably because in my mind, he was like number two behind Austin because Austin was the guy in 98. And I was like, still like 
so big on Austin. So I never like got behind the rock as much just because I, I, it was like, you know, and they talk about it like that professional jealousy type thing. I was like, I didn't want him to get too big because I wanted Austin to be the guy when he came back. Little did I know, you know, with that, yeah, I was on the internet back then, but you know, you only had a limited information to go by. I didn't, I didn't, you know, subscribe to Dave Meltzer's newsletter as a freshman in high school. So I'm just hoping like Austin would eventually come back. I was like, Oh, Austin will be back by WrestleMania. Like I have no idea how surgeries work. I no, especially neck surgeries. Uh, they could tell me in wrestling, Oh, he's going to be out for a year, but you automatically think they're lying. Cause you know, you see that play out on TV all the time. They're just lying, lying, lying. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just kind of like slowly realizing the rock was the guy. And uh, Big Show, the funniest thing was he went. He was like this big baby face with the big title win at Survivor Series. That you know, fast forward two months, he's now the top heel, or not the top heel. Triple H is, but he's quickly becoming a big heel because he's going against The Rock, which nobody wants uh, to see. So, like, I'm trying to like, like you said, it was an embarrassment of riches, but I'm just kind of like getting bored with wrestling at this point because WWF was so good. I wasn't like, I didn't understand the brilliance of Kurt Angle yet. Uh, The tables match, I was like, what is this? Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I wasn't into this type of WWF until well after the Royal Rumble. Like, I wasn't into the different, you know, like, I liked the Buried Alive match or something like that. But there was a lot of things like the bikini contest, like this. I mean, I couldn't watch it anyway because of my parents. So, like, I was like, what good is this? You can watch that, but you can watch Improper Conduct. (laughs) That's right. When they're asleep. <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. So, and the funniest thing was I'm taping it anyway. And they're just like, oh, you can't watch this. But I could clearly watch it when I go back on the tape. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of like bored because WCW was so bad. And we had a tag team title match on this pay-per-view that was two and a half minutes. And I'm just like, eh, definitely not into it. I mean, the street fight was great. So it kind of got me back into it. I was big on Cactus Jack, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I I don't want to say bored because like I tuned in every night. And I loved like wrestling, but at this point, I just was bored. Man, so I say it, well, I wasn't a kid like early '90s growing up with certain things. Like I was in high school, kind of understood, you know, what things were in, in wrestling and. You know, I'm all, you know, that Mark sitting at home be like, oh, that's stupid. Oh, he has a bad work rate, blah, 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 blah. And um, it really took away my enjoyment of watching shows back then. And this was a prime show of that. I didn't even like the Rumble match. So, like. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, it was not great, like, watching it back. But, I mean, no. it's the Royal Rumble. So, you know, you got to get hyped for the Royal Rumble, right? Maybe it was the logo change. I wasn't a fan of the logo. <laughs> I don't know. Man, you just you just a negative Nance. I was negative because I'm like, I just I was taping these shows, and that's all I was worried about. Just you know, I would tape it and not even watch it back. You know, I would like sometimes, but like this show, I didn't really. The street fight is what I will watch back, and maybe the bikini contest, but um, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> maybe the bikini contest. Um. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it more in depth as we get along. But this show, it, there were some fun moments during the show. There were some not so fun moments during the show. Yeah. But I would say this year as a whole, 
was, I think, great from beginning to end. But I think if you look at Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, they're probably the second and they're probably the third and fourth best shows on this of the year. I mean, WrestleMania is probably not even the third best show. They're probably even below that. But Royal Rumble is no higher than like third on the list to me of the best pay per views. To me, the the year got better as it went along, mainly because they added more talent. Right. right. Uh. Like I said, eight days later, the radicals come in. So, um, we did uh, deep dives on Fully Loaded 2000 and Armageddon 2000, and it seemed like there were a lot more fun shows than this one was. I think, like top to bottom. Yeah, they because they of the talent they added. Yeah, the talent and, and the, they got out of a lot of that nonsense too. Like you still see here yeah. with the bikini battle, the, yeah. Miss, the Miss Roar Rumble swimsuit thing. Like they kind of, I mean, they still do it here and there, obviously, you know. But like it. it it didn't. It didn't take up this much space on a on a right. on a Royal Rumble, like on a, on a pay per view. We're like on a Royal Rumble event. The space is like at a premium, you know, like right because you got an hour long match. Yeah. So yeah, it it just things got better as the year went along. This show still has, I would guess you say, still a bit of ninety nine in it because yeah. it's so early in the year. So some of this mm-hmm. nonsense that you saw in ninety nine, which is like when you look back at ninety nine. That's a, like almost an overlooked year in wrestling to me. When you look back at the grand scheme yeah, of things, people think, think of people Attitude Era. It. It's yeah. it's ninety eight, it's two thousand, and then on. Nobody really talks about ninety nine. <laughs> really, a at lot all. of the shows were crap. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah, well. right. like, WrestleMania fifteen. Like, do we really want to remember that? And that was in Philly too. So it's like, I mean, we did a great show with the Blue Meanie on it, but you know, as a show, the show as a whole, you know, it's kind of like eh, it misses when it when it's a WrestleMania. Um, SummerSlam 99, largely forgettable, even though you had yeah. Jesse Ventura as a referee in a triple threat match. Like They tried to do things, but it just didn't seem to hit because, like you said, when we think back to that era, it's like almost nothing in 99 is what is cited as like what someone enjoys or what they're like comparing anything to. 99, just kind of there. Just kind of there, man. Just kind of there. Uh, but before we get into the specifics surrounding the show, Let's hear from our good brother, Chris Johnson, and his thoughts on the 2000 Royal Rumble. Take it away, Chris. What's going on, Straight Shooters? Chris Johnson back again on the Greatest Wrestling Podcast out, giving my thoughts on the Royal Rumble from 2000, which you guys are about to deep dive into. Talking about what I liked and what I didn't like about the show. I'm going to start with my dislikes. The Miss Rumble 2000 Swimsuit Contest, while there were some good-looking women Jerry Lawler being, you know, the proverbial creep kind of, yeah, kind of killed it for me. Even though that joke he did have for Howard Finkel in the beginning was hilarious. The Intercontinental title match, Jericho winning. I was cool with him winning the match. He was more over than Holly and China, but I don't think China should have ate the pin in that match. The Acolytes not beating the Outlaws for the tag titles kind of left a sour spot with me. And the during the Royal Rumble match, Jerry Lawler just asking for the replay for Taka over and over and over watching him hit his head on the mat and he had to be taken to i guess a hospital he just kept asking that over and over left another sour taste in my mouth watching that back now to the things that i did like about the the royal rumble taz being the mystery opponent for kurt angle i thought the match was good even though it wasn't really really a long match it was a suplex fest taz getting the win was a right call the hardys and the dudleys in the first ever tag team table match was great bunch of car crashes a very physical match which usually was the case with those two back in this time period. Love that match. That was great. The street fight between Cactus Jack and Triple H I thought was really, really well done. 
um, once again, McFoley putting somebody over, showing their vicious side. Honestly, I think this is one of the best world title matches in the history of the Royal Rumble event itself. I thought the match was great. The Royal Rumble match from the, itself was pretty good. D'Lo Brown with the Sky High Powerbomb on March in the beginning was pretty cool. One big moment that stood out for me was the dance with Too Cool in the middle, during the middle of the Rumble, breaking out in their dance as they would usually do, and Rikishi eliminating both Grandmaster Sexay and Scotty Tuhati. Bob Backlund showing up was a great surprise. Rock winning was the obvious choice. Of course, you had the controversy later on with his feet hitting the floor and the Big Show winning a title shot and yada, yada, yada. Straight Shooters, I appreciate you guys again allowing me to be on the Greatest Wrestling Podcast out. Guys, keep doing your thing up in Philly. You guys got a got a good one going. Uh, catch you guys on the other side. Peace. Always good to hear from the good brother Chris Johnson. Uh, thanks for your patronage, as always. Uh, and Yeah, we're going to talk all about this show in a second. But before we get into it, Gotta remind you, you can be like Chris Johnson and be a patron and get your requests fulfilled on the podcast by heading over to Strudis. Oh my God, I screwed that up real bad. Patreon.com. All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one. Thanks again to Chris Johnson for dropping in on the show talking about the 2000 World Rumble. And thanks again for your patronage. You can be like Chris. You can get your request fulfilled and make a cameo on the show as well. All you got to do is head over to patreon.com slash the shooters pod, put in your request, we will fulfill it, and then you can join the show just like Chris did. It's that simple. Uh-huh, it's real easy. No, that's right. Exactly, Vince. He knows what I'm talking about. So you do the same. Thanks again to Chris for coming on to the show, but let's get into it. It's time. 2000 Royal Rumble. I love the opening uh, graphics for the... The, the WWF used after like the opening video, which was, let me go back to the opening video, I guess. Let me not get ahead of myself. Uh, the opening video package is pretty much hyping the main event, which is uh, not the Royal Rumble match itself, actually. Mm. Even though that is the main event, that will that is what's going on last, I should say. The big match on this show is for the WWF Championship in a street fight between Triple H and Cactus Jack, or that's what he's going to be known as on this night is Cactus Jack, but it's Mick Foley, obviously. Uh, but he had to switch personas to go against Triple H. Again. Mankind couldn't do it. Mankind was too beaten down. Exactly. According to him. So Exactly. This is not the first time he's done this to go against Triple H. Because remember, he did this in 97, too. And yeah. Triple H had pretty much had the same reaction. He's like, oh, <laughs> no. No, God, it's Jack, Madison no. Square Garden as well. Oh, that was in MSG as well? Yeah. That Monday Night Raw. Yep. How about that? How about that full circle moment here? There it is. All right, but Foley, this was not just a familiar position for him and Triple H, but for him specifically, when it comes to having to get a a, a new main event star over. In this case, it is Triple H, who he's trying to give help give a menacing mean streak, much like he did for The Rock, pretty much a year prior. I mean, going from '98 into '99, and at the Royal Rumble, obviously. That's what Foley did for The Rock, even though it cost him uh, nine chair shots or mm. ten chair shots to the head. Mm. But it worked. He did the same for Triple H in this night, but he didn't have to take that many chair shots, yeah, fortunately. Thankfully. <laughs> fortunately. Uh, and after that is when we get the cool video, the cool graphics, I should say, that I don't know if they even look good today by today's standards. I know they don't look good by today's standards, but I don't know if they hold up at all uh, to today's standards. But maybe it's just nostalgia, but 
I liked it. I don't care. <laughs> like the graphics when they're like, you know, going through the street or whatever, and it says like "War Rumble" on the screen. I liked it. Okay, not like the Chiron and stuff like that. No, no, no. Oh, okay, gotcha. But speaking of nostalgia, the short aisle at MSG. Again, not sure if it's the best production-wise, but I always like it mainly because of nostalgia. Yeah, they don't. They haven't done it. You know, the last few times they went back. Um, they didn't do it for WrestleMania 20, so I wonder if uh, that's uh, a done a zo thing in WWE when they go back. They're like, we're maybe they using uh, this aisle again. <laughs> maybe they've renovated it somehow. I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps. Either way, I did like it still. I thought this stage itself, I know you had some strong feelings on it. I really liked it, though. SummerSlam 98 was better. The highway to hell and the gates. Okay, like, I like that one. This, okay, I don't like the road. I don't like the car on top. It makes no sense unless you know that's the road to WrestleMania. That makes sense, but it's still like a weird thing. You have one car at the top of the entrance and then a roadway. It's weird. But hear me out, though. Weird. That car was a taxi. What is uh, a a very popular mode of transportation for people in New York City, especially in the nineties? A taxi. Why? And they had the graffiti on the wall. It was like a back alley. It wasn't even like a road. It was like a back alley kind of thing. It was like kind of both. It had kind of had like a back alley vibe. It had like the, the um, what was like a, uh, what's the planks, the, the wooden thing that got triplex, got suplexed pallets. on yeah, the pallets. pallets. There you go. I forget the word. That was something with a P. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Walk the planks. Walks the planks. But there's multiple pieces of wood there. So it would be a plank. Just uh, randomly there, though. Like, <laughs> right. But like, right. Though, but like, it's like be, a back alley. They they break the brick wall and stuff. Like right. I mean, I don't know. All right. I liked it. It right. kind of fit New York City, especially with the graffiti. It kind of gave it an edge. You know, attitude era. Yeah, I liked yeah, it. Yeah, they they probably wanted a different look than they had when they were last there in '98 and even before that. But in even '98, they had yeah. like that whole theme, the highway to hell theme. Which so like, cool. it was red. Like, it's the aesthetic was nice. It, you know they're trying to be like too grungy here, like the attitude. I didn't mind it though. That's New York. Yeah. It's kind of that. I know, but I didn't. That mean, city atmosphere. The the. Does I don't want to say. If I were to describe this like a white person and be like, it felt like the streets, you know, like it just felt like the hood, like that's <laughs> kind of what it felt like. I I kind of got what they were trying to go for there. All right. The 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 theme. So I didn't All hate right. it. The highway to hell was nice though with the I gate. Love that one. I love yeah, that. was the uh, was that one? Uh, they have the red, the aisle that was red. Or my, uh, do you not remember that? I don't know if it I was do red, not. But I love a good wrestling aisle that has that red carpet laid down. Oh. Oh, WCW did it with Super Bowl ninety eight. No, it's <laughs> at the Cow Palace. Like it just looks like so much more elegant. I guess I don't know. I love that look, the red carpet. When the I mean, you know whole motif is red, I love it. That's fair. I mean, red carpet usually is like you know glamorous award shows. That's what I think. Yeah. When I think of red carpet, so yeah, I mean, I guess you got a point there. Uh, I didn't know you're a big fan of red carpets, so no. Just in wrestling. <laughs> just in wrestling. Okay. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna rewatch Super Bowl '98 just for the red carpet. Just for the red carpet. Uh, but the opening match at the nine or the 2000 Royal Rumble, I should say. Is Kurt Angle versus a mystery opponent? Hmm. 
a mystery. The fans, it wasn't a mystery to the fans in New York City. They knew who it was. <laughs> but to Kurt Angle, it was supposed to be a mystery. But at this point, he had to cut a promo before every match because Kurt Angle could talk. This is a night we'll I am never very forget. proud to be here tonight at Madison Square Garden. Already getting booed because they know where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> They've heard this before. And in a building this famous, it deserves to have a true champion performing in it. <laughs> Talk to him, Kurt. Talk to the Knicks fans real quick. <laughs> Talk to him, Kurt. Title, we'd probably be waiting forever. Mm. We would. We would. It's true. <laughs> That's it's my true. favorite part when he like follows up. So he doesn't tonight, just let it breathe. <laughs> even if it's just for one night, I have decided to be your champion. Kurt <laughs> Angle has some very hey. good views, does he not? I'm nice of him. Yeah. Look. Now, concerning this. He ain't lying. Unnamed opponent. So called. <laughs> You're right, because everybody knew. Please. I knew. <laughs> now, I know you have to be pretty nervous coming out here and facing an undefeated American hero. <laughs> Angle's undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. So what I want you to do. Take a nice deep breath, let it out, and remember, this is something that you could probably tell your grandkids about someday. It is. <laughs> he and Taz, he was right. Taz is telling his grandkids so about what it. I probably. Want you to do is remember your three eyes. Come on out here and give it your all. Three eyes, Jr. Listen to that pop. What a great theme, too. It was a great theme. Another Jim Johnson classic. (laughs) And they go banana in Madison Square Garden. (laughs) So as you heard there, it's Taz is his opponent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And well, for one, let's go back to Kurt Angle real quick. Not a lot told by Kurt Angle. I mean, he was the last yeah. championship they saw. Last champion they saw <laughs> in Madison Square Garden. I mean, they haven't won one since. <laughs> not from the Knicks, not from the Rangers. It's mm. he he wasn't lying. He They're was still not. waiting. They are. They're still waiting. They Bing are. bong. They're still waiting. Even after that. <laughs> you know? Um, but of course the fans knew who Kurt Angle was talking about because we got a bunch of dirt shade read marks up here in the Northeast. <laughs> they all knew that ECW's Taz was going to be making his World Wrestling Federation debut, at least under the Taz gimmick. I think he might have had like a chopper match back in the day or something like that, but um This was a big deal. Very big deal. This is a big deal. This is also at the same time, I think WCW was, basically ECW was losing everybody to either WCW or WWF. And obviously I wanted everyone to go to the WWF because I I liked ECW. And uh, WCW, like you kind of knew when they would go there, like 
they still had they'd be so watered down like they wouldn't be as hardcore same for wwf but you know they still could be similar to their ecw persona at least like you know mike awesome you know hack uh shane douglas <laughs> not not, not even close not very close to their ecw well, persona and WCW. shane douglas is kind of close sort of close but and, hack and like, and mike yeah, awesome was yeah, not yeah so no, they were not um, for me, I was like, oh, go to WWF because you can, at least you won't lose, you know, a lot of what I liked you in ECW for. Taz was exactly like that. Came out, that music, that towel over his head. I was like, this is the ECW Taz. It was great. It only lasted for what? Like, <laughs> a night. This night? <laughs> <laughs> so, because, yeah, I remember, like, we've talked about it in the past in the podcast. Taz was ECW's franchise. Yeah. Not Shane Douglas. It was Taz. Ooh. Okay. And again, Joking, but <laughs> but he was that guy. He was if WCW was like the baddest dude in, in, in well, if Goldberg was the baddest dude in WCW, Austin was the baddest dude in WWF. Taz was the baddest dude in ECW. They were all bald. Yep. <laughs> uh, but that's one, that's one thing they had in common. But they were on equal footing in the fans' eyes. And now he's in WWF, and like you said, they had well, one day the game on Smash. Like they were the number one promotion. But also, they were the closest thing to ECW on the mainstream level. Uh, they wouldn't get watered down there, probably. Look at the Dudley Boys. They weren't necessarily... I mean, obviously, they couldn't make homophobic remarks you know, to right. people or yeah. call people fat and stuff like that. Maybe they didn't do that as often, but... Uh, and they knew no, they, they couldn't they, say the F word because no one they were live, they weren't taped where Paul Heyman could bleep it. Because right, that's really you all know, you saw on ECW is the promos. They'd be bleep, 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 bleep. Right. So they had to dial it back right. for national television because the right. FCC would have come calling and <laughs> shut everything down. Okay. Shut the whole thing down. But they were still, they didn't change their name. They didn't change their look. They were just the Dudley Boys. Just, they can't curse now. Uh, and Taz, you knew you, you had faith in WWE. They're like, yeah, they could do the same thing with Taz. I don't think, I don't think we knew the effect that the radicals coming in would have on that because I think True. Taz might have had a chance if they weren't there. True. And they needed a mid carder to be like, okay, we need a guy that's here that's like people can you know respect and could be at least king of the mid card if if he's not in the main event. But Especially then when you, you got, de- debut him like this too, right? Yeah, when I mean, you debut him like this and you have him pretty much. He put Kurt Angle to sleep. That's what happens in this match. Okay? He puts that man to sleep. So it's like, I think I, I, I think in hindsight, I don't think we uh, talk about enough the effect. I think those guys coming in and then Jericho ascending too. Because you can hear it on this night. Jericho's turning into a big baby face. Yeah. Yep. This is the first time he's been cheered like this since he got to WCW. <laughs> All right? Yeah. So... I think all that just like and just like what well, we don't really need Taz anymore. I think I don't know because it's like when you hear that ovation and you know what he meant to ECW and they had some fans. What happened? Because he looked every bit of the part on this night. Mm-hmm. He looked every bit of the part that, that that we all knew him to be in ECW. And what WWF was trying to get across, he's a bad man. Unfortunately, this was like the peak of his run, though. Like, like yeah, really <laughs> he was, was in a multi-man hardcore match by WrestleMania, bro, Oof. in Backlash. Like, he was in like that thirteen-man hardcore championship match at Backlash for sure. And I'm pretty sure he was in the type of match at, at WrestleMania. I could be wrong, but he was definitely in that match at Backlash. That's four months from now. 
Like he really never got a real run by two by like July. We're I think we did fully loaded and we he did the um the match with Jerry Lawler I think it was, yeah. and okay. that was it. That was the end of Taz. Oh. By July, he was done. Too. He right, like not even in the weird, singlet. Yeah, track outfit type thing with sleeveless. Right, like, already uh, had the gear changed. The entrance isn't nearly as cool now. It's just him out there in pretty much street clothes getting beat by Jerry Lawler <laughs> and Jim Ross. The MC of the bikini contest <laughs> on this <laughs> night. Goofball. <laughs> and his non-wrestling partner, his non-wrestling friend, mm. smashed him over the head with the candy jar or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? That's July. And you look at this guy on this night. Puts Kurt Angle to sleep. In just over three minutes, by the way. So. It makes you wonder why Vince ever signed him. Like, what did you? What? What was missing here? What happened here, Vince? Because you, what? 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 <laughs> like, it's like thing, he doesn't. He, he saw him in the ring with Kurt Angle. I was like, that guy's too small. <laughs> like, it's like thing, he didn't realize that until after he paid him money, though. Right, he exactly, just relied on the exactly. word of other people. Yep. Who said this guy is? He's badass. We got to get debut him. Debut him mad at over. MSG, where he's gonna the best place to debut him. Where yep. the, Howard Finkel even knows where he's from. <laughs> right, the Red Hook section of Brooklyn. I love the way he announced him, too. It's like, oh, Fink knows. <laughs> Every time I hear hear that, though, it makes me think of uh, Botchamania when they do just like um, every week. I don't know if you've seen it, but like they'll do uh, a segment not. of him, of Taz and Excalibur on like AEW Dark doing commentary, <laughs> and they just goof off the whole time. <laughs> And but the intro to the segment is like, is <laughs> when an Oompa Loompa comes through the door on like <laughs> on Willy Wonka, because <laughs> you know Taz has been called a Oompa Loompa, I guess in the past time or two. Uh, we don't think that of you at all, Taz. No, we respect no, you, no. but we're just saying it for context, right? And but when the, the, the guy the, over in the background, the audio is Fink's call. It's Taz, <laughs> and then Jr. comes in. It's Taz, and it, as he says, "It's Taz." The Oompa Looper opens the door and comes in. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of chuckled when I heard that because now I realize what that's from. It's from the 2000 <laughs> War Rumble. Um, but I just don't understand. I just I don't get it. I don't I don't understand it, man. Yeah, yeah, they like. Talk about WCW in 96, 97, uh, the mid-card just being like an embarrassment of their riches. Uh, they just didn't know how to utilize it and make it, um, you know, NWO was just taking over everything. WWE at this point was starting to have the embarrassment of riches in the mid-card, and there's no way you could possibly feed all the, all them, especially when the Radicals came in. And I, th- I definitely see why you'd give preference over, to the Radicals over uh, Taz at this point. But they, um, they couldn't work them in at all? No, I, I agree. I'm just like trying to think about it now as we talk, uh, just going through the process in my own mind of what they must have been thinking because um, there's really no other reason. Like there's no good reason unless he just mouthed off to somebody backstage. They're like, oh, okay, well, you're man. never going to make it here. But, you know, he's he still wrestled. He, he com- did commentary. Um, but, yeah, it could have been so much more. And, I mean, I didn't even think about until you said it, uh, the radicals coming in the next week that could have t- probably stifled him. So no, no good excuse because Taz was that guy that, you know, he, you could have put him in a ring and he'd get over anywhere in the country. Um, he should have been. The world. Right. And uh, they just, 
that wasn't their thing. You know, Vince is like, I know, I see you, I see a vision for you. And uh, that was the death of Taz in WWE. <laughs> that was it, bro. By July, it's a wrap. Mm. It's a wrap. On this night, though, he tosses Kurt Angle around like he's nothing. He does. Like from one side of the ring it's to the next. The same suplexes, you know, you see in ECW. They're happening here, and I'm like, yes, like. Taz is I mean, here, you know? it was tremendous. He was making him do backflips in the ring, yeah. bro. Then he choked him out, choked his ass yeah, out to out. the point that the, the they had to call out the EMTs to the get Kata her Hajime. out of the ring. I love that. The Katahajime. Like, they they put him on the stretch and gave him the oxygen mask, bro. Like he needed tr- he needed help breathing. <laughs> the best part about that was uh, Jerry Lawler was like, oh, I'm obviously worried about Kurt's well-being, but is he still undefeated? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> that was the big uh, story coming out of that for Jerry Lawler. <laughs> but I wrote down, I was like, given how Angle's career turned out, and we know him to be the wrestling machine, he's an, you know, obviously still an Olympic gold medalist, um, and multi-time champion, WWE Hall of Famer, just on Raw, just joining random groups again. He's in DX now. He wanted to. He was in the Shield a couple years ago. Now he's in DX. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just out there joining groups. Yeah. But we all know how his career has turned out. It was kind of wild that he got beat like this on pay per view. Yeah. And it's his first loss. Now he got some offense in, but like a move or two. But it was clear that what Taz was supposed to be a dude, like in WWF. Like here is this bad. You know what? Look out for Taz. It doesn't make a ton of sense in hindsight, <laughs> especially since they did absolutely nothing with Taz. Mm-mm. He was very much not a dude in Vince's eyes. Like, like, <laughs> it was clear he was not a dude. Like they stretched Angle out. They had him. He's look. They made they made it seem like Taz sends people to the hospital on a regular basis. This is his first match. This is his first match, and they already stretching somebody out. This is what he just does, bro. He did that to a guy who was undefeated. <laughs> like right. He had never lost before that. He's ready to take on all comers, this Taz guy. They gave Angle an oxygen mask, bro. He needed help breathing. He was asleep. He was unconscious. And how did, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, why? Yeah, by WrestleMania, Kurt Angle's a double champ, right? Intercontinental and European. Yeah, he lost both like, at WrestleMania, but by that point, what? Like he goes from this to winning the Intercontinental title and the uh, European title. So and it's not like that couldn't happen. It's just all right. Give Kurt the IC title. How about Taz gets the European title since <laughs> right. he choked his ass out? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what? It just doesn't make any sense. Why book him like this if you don't believe in him? Yeah. What did he do in that three plus minutes that he was out there with Kurt that <laughs> made you think, nope, not the guy? What? I, I I don't understand. This is the creative genius we've been giving money to for multiple decades. Though I don't understand it. Don't get it whatsoever. But we move on. We're backstage now with the Hardy Boys, who are with Michael Cole for an interview. They're also with Terry, because remember they won the Terry Invitational Tournament back in 1999. Oh, the TIT. The TIT. This is a family show, though. We're not going to say the word because we're not going to be the uh, juvenile delinquents that WWF is. Okay. But the Hardy Boys, they implored. They they just begged Terry to stay backstage because their upcoming match, which is a tables match with the Dudley Boys, 
it's going to be too dangerous. They made it seem like people was going to die in this match. Like, Matt Hardy is like, hey, we're going to get it done or I'm going to die trying. It's like, you going to die out there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, man. But this is the very first tag team tables match in WWF history. It is the Hardy Boys going against the Dudley Boys. No titles on the line. They just don't like each other. Uh, a tag team match without a title on the line. Crazy. Right. You don't see that too much at all. Even today. On a pay-per-view? Unless it's like main eventers or something like that, maybe. But if this is a tag team match on a pay-per-view, more than likely it's going to be for the titles. But, but you know, the World Rumble. So yeah. maybe they, they got a bunch of guys in one match. Hmm. You're going to need some help elsewhere. But yes, the first ever tables match in WWF history. Bubba Ray Dudley comes out. He's out first with Devon Dudley. So much for (laughs) leaving his ECW shtick in ECW. Man, (laughs) oh man. (laughs) Bubba Ray Dudley gets on the microphone in New York City, or anywhere in the country for this matter, but especially New York City, and berated New York for cheering for the Hardy Boys but they booed John Rocker. And people oh, are probably wondering, yeah. especially if you're not from here, who in the hell <laughs> is John Rocker? I remember that name quite well. And also, you might, you might be from here. You might be from the U.S., but you might be, you might be too young to remember because this is 2000. You might be too young to remember who the hell is John Rocker. Well, let's talk about John Rocker. <laughs> he is a former MLB pitcher. Played in the major leagues for, for four teams, primarily the Atlanta Braves. That's the team he was on by this point in 2000. Mm-hmm. The Braves, they're coming off a great season. They just went to the World Series. Did they win that World Series? They did not. Oh. They lost to the Yankees. So here's oh, what happened. They played that? the Mets in the 1999 NLCS. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Mets play in New York. Mm-hmm. So New Yorkers are already upset at John Rocker. He's a part of the team that ended their season and denied the world a New York versus New York World Series, a Subway Series, which we did get next year. We Don't did. worry. We did. Yankees won that World Series, too. <laughs> <clears throat> They've won a bunch of them, obviously. Yeah. But Rocker, during that NLCS in 99, he had some run-ins with Mets fans. Hmm. Mets fans apparently threw bottles at him at Shea Stadium. Not great. Hmm. But he himself also spit at fans Gave them the middle finger, etc. It was a very contentious relationship between him and the Mets fans. He didn't like Mets fans. He wasn't shy about it. And the Mets fans hated him back. So naturally, that on its own, just from a sports standpoint, mentioning John Rocker's name in New York was going to get you booed. Not as quite as mentioning Brock Purdy's name in Philly at, at this point, but right, know, that's close. just that's pretty much yeah, not quite there because you know Brock Purdy didn't hasn't done anything to the fans yet, but you know what I'm saying it's still just sports when it comes to if you just leave it there, but boy does it go way deeper than that with John Rocker, because John Rocker wasn't just hated in New York, no, he was hated a lot of other places too, <laughs> at this time, because uh, look if if. Him against the Mets fans was the only reason people hated John Rocker. That would be fine. But no. Only a month prior to this show, Sports Illustrated published a story on December 27th, 1999. It was an exclusive interview that Jeff Perlman did with John Rocker. 
where you only have to read the first few paragraphs, <laughs> literally the first few paragraphs, to know that John Rocker was racist, xenophobic, homophobic, and just an overall asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. In the first, like, four graphs. Like, I would read it, but it's it's really bad. Like, this, the things that he is quoted on the record as saying, I shouldn't say on this podcast. Uh, and it would be not. his words yeah. I'd be saying. Right. Someone's I still shouldn't clip, say it. Someone's going to clip that and be like, look what Vaughn said. No, no, exactly. You know? I thought but, about it for a second. Right. And my wife was like, don't do that. I was like, yeah. you know what? You're right. If you, if you want to read what he said, it, just... Go to just Wikipedia. Ron Con- you don't have to go to Wikipedia. <laughs> you can Google the actual story. The story is still live. Like, well, not still live. I mean, it's up. You can easily find it on Sports Illustrated's website. Easily, on, it's on his Wikipedia page. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, very easy to find. Um, like, this- I remember him uh, saying these things back then. But as a kid, like, I said, you know, freshman year of high school, I'm not really paying much attention to mainstream media at this point. Um, going back and and actually seeing what he said you know through the years and then for this deep dives like yeah that's bad <laughs> it and was it, uh, why it, he in his mind thought it was okay to say these things in 1999 it's not listen, like it was okay to say in 99 it's just um, he got a lot of crap for it but you know just compared to today where you know it, it's you said homophobic racist xenophobic Name it. That's what John Rocker is. Prototypical. Yep. Like, remember March Shot? We talked about March Shot, yeah. the Red Zoner. Yep. A while back, I forget for which show. And she said some crazy things on the record. To I think to Sports Illustrated as well. They be catching people yeah. saying stupid stuff in Sports Illustrated. Maybe we were talking about Pete Rose or something with the Reds. I don't remember what show that maybe, was. But maybe. I do remember us discussing. Yeah. Oh, I think Jerry Lawler brought her up in um on his commentary. I think he made a joke uh, about her. Either uh, way, probably right. Either way, it's this level bad. Okay? I don't know how John Rocker stayed on the roster after this. Because he said things that was some of the wildest things I've ever seen somebody say on the record in this story. You have to see, you have to see it to, believe, to, to understand it. He played for three more years. There are that. things that no athlete would want on the record today. At all. Because they are generally, they are all fully aware of the consequences and the consequences being canceled. No, 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 no. That's an imaginary thing. How about losing all of your endorsements and probably getting cut from your team? Unless you're like a seven time MVP. That's how bad the things John Rocker said in that story. Like if I don't know, throw out any athlete, literally anybody, it'd be bad. (laughs) Like this person, like you said, you said John Rocker and you're right. He played multiple seasons after this. Before he finally uh, just played his way out of baseball because he stunk. His ERA, literally after 99, his ERA 99 was 2.89. In 2000, just one year, it went up to 4.32. And then back down to 3.09, but then back up to 5.45, 6.66, the mark of the beast. And 9, all the way up to 9 before he's finally out of majors in 2003. <laughs> So not sure what he's up to today, but boy, he, it, what in the world? I mean, look, 
Like, yeah, that was it was it was wild. So I mean, it's, it's funny. It's like if he said those things today, he probably would get elected to office <laughs> Like uh, in some ways. Yeah. Um, it's not funny, but it's kind of true. Um, but yeah, it's the things that be like this. This is appalling. Like and we kind of accepted it more. in Ninety nine, I guess. Man, there was no social media around uh, for yeah. people to be outraged, too. But yeah, no, Rocker yeah. heard it in every stadium he went to after that, pretty yeah. much after that. Yeah. I mean, he it, this the stuff he says in this story is crazy. So for Bubba Ray Dudley, yeah, oh, he, you want to get heat? Bring up John Rocker yeah. in nineteen in two thousand or at uh, any point. Number one supporter, you know, <laughs> like right. Jeez, Bubba. and then it makes it even worse when you hear Devon like kind of say, oh. "Yeah." Y'all should elect him uh, yeah. to be mayor so he can clean up the city. Clean up the he said that. <laughs> clean up the city. Clean Devon. up the city. Brother, brother. This brother <laughs> is lost. <laughs> this is a sick Negro. Okay? Where is Nation of Domination for Rook to call him Uncle Tom? Get Where is he the, at? Get ready for his tag team title match. <laughs> <laughs> Where is Farouk? Oh man. Not not acolytes Farouk. I need nation of domination Farouk to call him Uncle Tom. <laughs> I need him to go, damn, like he did. Come out, on put Raw. him through a table. <laughs> right. Where is he? Where is he at? Damn. That it's was it's funny kind of the timing of it because Devon apparently uh, was released by WWE <laughs> like last oh, week. Oh <laughs> my god, I did not know that. Yeah, he like tweeted about it, but apparently uh, he made it seem like it was amicable, but uh, apparently he did something that oh. did not communicate. I, I, you know, I don't want to say anything because I don't remember off the top of my head. It's something I missed. Yeah, I, I didn't even re- realize he was, uh, I guess, a producer or agent or something. I knew he was working for them. Yeah, he was like a backstage person for them. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't know he got released yeah. though. So that's unfortunate. He's released. Uh, he's released. Uh, the date on this January nineteenth. So last week, he uh, was a backstage producer. Oh, it was uh, the release comes hot off the heels of WWE not permitting. This is from a Yahoo uh, story. WWE not permitting Devon to work an independent show in Philly in December, oh. which would have seen him in Bully Ray's corner against Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona in a hardcore death match. Mm. Um, I did read something somewhere that it was an event that was promoted by somebody that uh, I guess WWE did not want to uh, associate with. I do not remember where I saw that, but um, uh, the promoter claimed WWE sent them a lead. Now, this is from WrestlingHeadlines.com. Oh, okay. Is that a reputable site? Never heard of it. <laughs> well, this is uh, from the promoter's standpoint. Uh, WWE sent them a legal, uh, legal letter upset over the ECW theme and the use of their intellectual property. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's WWE throwing their weight around. Um, but, yeah, apparently that's why Devon is no longer with WWE. But, you know, maybe he should have not been with them after that promo. <laughs> but they weren't going to get rid of the Dudley Boys in 2000. No, they no, just no, brought they, him in. They had to have a great match with the Hardy Boys at the Royal Rumble, which was a tables match. You don't see too many tables matches anymore, oh. especially because they don't do you know TLC pay per view anymore. 
Right. But they kind of went away because of the TLC match. <laughs> you don't need tables yeah. matches anymore. Yeah. Um, but that was cool. Uh, but this t- this tables match was cool. I should say it was. Um, the the spot where Bubba Ray threw the table at Jeff Hardy's face when he's jumping off yeah. the uh, guardrail, <laughs> that looked awesome, especially for the time. It looked painful as hell too, but it looked awesome. That was right after uh, Jeff clocked him right in the head on protected chair shot. Yep, and set him up on the table. But Bubba got up, so it's like, jeez, yep. a lot of a lot of unprotected chair shots. Uh, there's a couple night. of those yeah. in this match. Yeah, because uh, I was I was going to say, despite it being a tables match, there were ladders and chairs used. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the first TLC match wasn't until August, but here we are. Uh, I'm not sure if WWF had that in mind uh, that it, you know each team would have a weapon and form the TLC and use tables, ladders, and chairs. But it's kind of wild that it all came together to represent how each team, uh, you know, each team and their weapons. That was pretty cool how that organically kind of came together eventually uh but matt and jeff they put bubba on the table first they put bubba through a table with an awesome spot where they both jumped off yeah. uh, i think matt jumped off a ladder jeff jumped off the turnbuckle they landed on him somewhat simultaneously <laughs> uh, i think matt hit a leg drop and jeff did a splash uh it looked kind of wild though it just looked crazy because you just did. didn't see stuff like that at the time right uh in wwf at least uh, maybe in ECW in, in the United States, but not in, not in not on mainstream television. Uh, but Bubba Ray, he's all punch drunk now because he got put through a table. By the way, they had to put each member of the team through a table. Correct. But both members of the team can participate. There's no like eliminations. Mm-hmm. You just keep going until both members of yeah, each team. Because that was not one the first team. time Bubba went through a table. <laughs> right. So he went through multiple tables here. Um, but now you know it's one zero. In favor of the Hardy Boys, uh, the Hardy Boys place a table between the ring apron and the steps. Matt Hardy tried to jump off the turnbuckle to do a leg drop through Devon through the table, but Devon moved, sending Matt Hardy butt first through that table <laughs> to the floor. Did not look comfortable. At least that landing, at least, did not look comfortable. Uh, then Jeff Hardy launched himself through a table. He just launched himself. I don't know if Bubba <laughs> was even standing he, there. Devon, like when he moved to have Matt go down, he laid up against the table. So that's what I missed the first time. I think I don't remember if they showed a replay. I'm assuming they showed a replay because I didn't rewind it. Um, that Devon was like perched up against another table that was set up, like against the guardrail <laughs> or whatever. And then he moved when Jeff was trying to put it, him through. So it happened so it fast. Make, it did. It happened fast, but it actually made sense. It looked like Jeff would just launched himself yeah, to a table. It really like, did. It really did. My brother, no! Which just is funny. To a table. Because I'm like, oh, they lost. Because, you know, I, I don't read the results. I don't remember who wins and loses when I go back and, and watch. And either one of these teams could have won or lost. I, I, I didn't remember off the top of my head. I'm like, oh, the Dudleys won. But no, you have to use an offensive move to put your opponent through a table. So I guess technically, even though... Matt went through a table and Jeff went through a table because it wasn't an offensive maneuver from the Dudleys. It doesn't count. The match continues. The match continues. But the Dudley boys quickly tie it up because they get <laughs> Matt Hardy in the ring. They set a table up on top of a pair of steel steps in the ring and they powerbomb Matt through the table. <laughs> so one to one, Matt Hardy and Bubba Ray have been driven through tables. Uh, before that move, though, Jerry Lawler said, I bet these guys did well with an erector set when they were little. And then JR goes, there's about to be some erection destruction here as Matt Hardy is driven through the table. So that was weird. 
Erection destruction. WWF what? attitude, baby. <laughs> WWF attitude, man. Now it's time, though. It's down to either Jeff Hardy or Devon Dudley. Next guy that goes through the table loses. They fight into the crowd. They end up at the tunnel opposite of the yeah. entranceway. And they set up four tables. They stack two by two. The tables at the you know on the floor. They climb up above uh, the stairs. Before that, though, I said screw the tables. And I said screw the tables. There were some wicked chair shots <laughs> in this match, mm-hmm. specifically when they were fighting uh, in front of that tunnel. Uh, but Bubba Ray drags Jeff Hardy into the stands and on top of the tunnel, while Matt Hardy is sprawled across the table. I think right was it Matt Hardy yeah. on top of one of those tables? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Jeff Hardy fought off Bubba with a chair, which sent him flying backwards yeah. through two of the four tables that were down there. Nice At least two of them. for him, and uh, Matt moved out of the way. So, how about still that? Alive. The Hardys are still alive. The Hardys are still alive. Bubba Ray, even though he went through a second set of tables, it's like three <laughs> now for him. Uh, he is still involved in the match somehow. The, the Dudley Boys are still alive because Devon has to go through the table. It's up to Devon now. Okay. However, <laughs> the Hardy Boys took make quick work of him because Matt Hardy got him up, up on the table, signals to Jeff like, "Hey man, you up there still in that little you know tunnel? Do the Swanton bomb real quick. <laughs> go ahead and hit the Swanton from the top of the tunnel." Jeff obliged and crushed Devon through a table for the <laughs> win in a wild spot for the year two thousand. Jr. is going, "Don't do it, Jeff. Don't do it. <laughs> Think about your career." <laughs> And man, it looked awesome. People went crazy. And you did not see that stuff on major television in the United States at this point. Maybe in ECW, but not like between WCW and, and WWF. WWF had never had stuff like this before. No, and even if you did see it in ECW, it wasn't like as coordinated. WWF, you had producers, that's, agents, stuff like that, where that's true. you could set up those spots. ECW, you just kind of like, you know, from remember what I remember watching. It was so like uncoordinated. It was chaotic. chaotic. It was just bad security. Means yeah, you had to fight like, through all the fans, right? Like you, people missing tables sometimes. Just oh yeah, because like they're not, uh, they're not worried about the coordination. They're just like, yo, let's let's make this crowd go nuts, and they just go do it based off adrenaline or whatever. They don't like plan certain things. And uh, ECW, a lot of stuff. That's why I remember. Watching, I was always like, "Oh, ECW is the real thing," you know, because it looks not <laughs> it looked professional, you know. It <laughs> <laughs> you know, must be real because they'd be slipping be. and falling and stuff, <laughs> exactly. busting their head open. Exactly. So, you know, this watching this back, you definitely realize that you know WWF going that route with these hardcore type matches and these table matches, they made sure that uh, you know, minus the chair shots to the head. I know, like everyone seemingly was protected. Yeah, those chair yeah, shots waited a little too long <laughs> to be, you, uh, you know, taken away. I should say. Yeah, look like what years, literal years. Yeah. Uh, but if you were like to go back and watch like Raw and I guess SmackDown at this point, week after week again, like on Peacock or something like that, you watch this match and it's it must be jarring. <laughs> like, yeah. Damn, like. Yeah. They're doing that too, like, because mm-hmm. it's still this was not the norm, uh, for anybody outside of like ECW here in the United States in 2000. But we move on, we're now backstage with Kurt Angle, who doesn't know where he is. 
he's still recovering from being choked out by supposedly the toughest guy in WWF now, Taz. Mm. It doesn't last long, but tonight he's the toughest guy. Kurt Angle still doesn't know where he really is, but all he cares about, that none of that matters to him. All he cares about is whether his undefeated streak is intact. <laughs> Because he was choked unconscious. That's the medic. All the medic yeah. says, like, he's like, what happened? Did I win? And the medic's like, I don't know if you won, bro, because I don't <laughs> care. Uh, all I know is that you were choked unconscious. <laughs> like, you went to sleep. He's like, but did I win? No. It's like, well, if he choked me, then that's an illegal move. I'm still undefeated. So, like, <laughs> you're just so concerned about yeah. he's got a being point. undefeated. Just, His ego. I like, I thought chokes were illegal, but. And then JR is saying, the rest looking right at him. And, I, and I'm looking right at him. He's clearly choking him. Like, okay. Like, the rules are meant to be uh, bended, I guess. <laughs> Look, JR, like, JR said, he noted, Kurt Angle still hadn't been pinned yet. So there's something. There's something. That's all you got left Whatever. right now. Whatever. Yeah. Right. It's weird to do that like two months after, you know, his debut. But <laughs> it works. I mean, it worked for his career, you know, longevity. It did. Not longevity, but like his career trajectory, um, it worked. It did. You know what didn't work? What's about to happen next? <laughs> I mean, we can uh, quickly go through it. The yes. funniest thing to me were the judges. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Because remember, when, up next is the Miss World Rumble swimsuit, swimsuit uh, contest. Yeah. And remember when we talked about, oh, the women in 2017, they didn't have a bunch of time. Man, they got did dirty. That was still miles better than what happened here. Because at least they got to wrestle. Right. Here, they're just here to look good and nothing more. There's nothing more to know about them. At least they got paid, I guess. But the judges you mentioned, right? Ugh. Please. <laughs> With these very old men and women on the panel. Very old get, white men. <laughs> we got... On the, the judging panel for the Miss Royal Rumble Swimsuit Contest, mind you, the women in this match, beautiful. In the physical prime, just beautiful women. And in judging them is Tony Gurria. What? <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter. What's it? Hot. What? Johnny Valiant. What? Classy Freddie Blassie, who got a big pop, by the way. He did. Deserved, but like, what? And then Fabulous Moolah. Oh, you mean the woman who held back women's wrestling for 40 years? There's a reason why that they in swimsuits in 2000, not like wrestling on the show. Hmm. And then Andy Richter from <laughs> Conan O'Brien. I guess what? he missed his cue because... Uh... The women came out, and then JR, uh, Jerry Lawler had to uh, mention Andy Richter was a judge, too. <laughs> what? He's like, oh, yeah, Andy Richter from uh, Conan O'Brien. This is probably something he don't want to ever be, see the light of day again, <laughs> even though it's on Peacock for everybody to see. <laughs> but he's probably like, please don't bring that up to me. I don't want yeah. to be associated with this. Of course, you got the dirtiest man in the room, Jerry Lawler. He's the MC. Oh, he's the master of ceremonies for this. Uh, he's the real dirty old man in the group, obviously. In this contest is Ivory, reluctantly, <laughs> Terry, Jacqueline, somebody named BB, yeah, Barbara Bar Bush. Barbara Bush. <laughs> uh, I'm sure this is something from '99 that just I didn't stand the test of time. 
don't have any intel on who this person was. She was an EMT. Um, <laughs> That's how they introduced her. She was an EMT taking care of somebody. I don't remember who it was, but... Wow, that's great. Yeah. Uh, the cat, Jerry Lawler's, uh, were they married at this point? I don't know. I do not know, but her theme song cracked me up. Sounded ex- the beginning, at least, sounded exactly like Sables. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> like, I totally forgot about this. I thought it was Sable before the cat came out. <laughs> <laughs> the theme song got me. So. Oh, boy. And then, lastly... Luna Vachon, who apparently was legitimately upset about being involved with this, and I don't blame her. I don't either. Um, yeah, and like you said, then they introduced Andy Richter after all the women, but I'm sure Conan O'Brien wanted no parts of this neither. Like, <laughs> you go ahead and do that, Andy. You good? <laughs> they probably asked him. He's like, Nah, I'm good. Andy, go ahead. Right. He's uh, like, we, Will there be food? Free food? <laughs> <I'm in." laughs> uh, we go through all the contestants. Ivory doesn't want to do it. You know she. <laughs> takes her fleece she's out there in a fleece by the way (laughs) quarters of fleece uh everybody else has got like silk lingerie on she's out there in the quarters of fleece she takes it off eventually reluctantly she looked good though but uh you know they shoot to the judges writing stuff down it's just like oh come on what the hell could they be possibly writing down what is sergeant slaughter writing down (laughs) Uh, uh, what two piece uh green (laughs) what that's what he was writing down uh, Terry goes, Jerry Lawler can't contain himself. Jacqueline goes, and she puts on a complete she, show. She should have won. She she should have won. She did the most. <laughs> she did the absolute most. Okay, this is not family friendly, by the way. We are a family friendly show. I left the room. I had to leave the room uh, as a kid, you know. Oh, my so, God. It was still recording, so they, you know. This was raw. This was like we watched Raw every Monday. No, this was raw. Because Jacqueline got out there and was busting it open, bro. With damn near nothing on. <laughs> With Put. nothing on, by the way. She was booty damn near booty naked out there. All right. This is this was this was wild. Okay. Cat comes out, she's got a bubble wrap. Uh, bikini. Jerry's, Jerry Lawler's beside himself. Just can't contain himself. <laughs> Luna Vachon doesn't even take part. I don't blame her whatsoever. Same. J- JR is trying to give like play-by-play. It's yeah. just wild. Okay? And then Jerry Lawler's like, alright, let's go to the judges. And then Mae Young's music hits. Ooh. And Jer- J- Jim Ross goes, this cannot happen. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, this is what actually saved this whole thing. Because Mae Young comes out there and she's not messing around. <laughs> she's here to raise the stakes. Okay. Everything else is just like, oh, what in the world? But then Mae Young comes out there and just <laughs> ruins everything because she's all about full on nudity, apparently. <laughs> Mind you, Mae Young is out there in high heels at 76 years old at this point. She is in front of damn near 20,000 people. What in the, this somebody's grandma we're talking about? Literally, <laughs> they went back to the judges after Mae Young. Li- I, I, I think apparently legitimately showed off her breasts uh, in bl- front of I, thousands of people. Yeah, that's to the sense. point they had to pick up this big red X that they had ready. <laughs> so I feel like they knew she was going to do that. I think the whole thing is that they they didn't know or oh, they knew that big red red X was ready for um, Mae Young. I do have to say, now I don't have a VCR. But I did tape this, and I do believe they were not thrown up. On oh the my live god! Feed. So I believe we did see. 
Oh uh, lord, this is so that puppies. so that is a post that's a post production so. I believe so. edition. Lord, there was a moment where at, towards the end, before Mark Henry finally corralled her, <laughs> corralled her. <laughs> that, like she's uh, a wild blur, animal. She needs to be corralled. Out. <laughs> Contained out the, there. That censored X is, isn't there, but they blur. You know, there's a small blur there. Oh you know, man! Showing something. So what? what? Um, I do not remember them putting that censored X uh, up on the live show. Uh, and I, if I could find my VHS and find a VCR, I can probably confirm that. But I, wow, I, you go I, ahead and do that. I, uh, you know what? I'm not in a rush. So this was standard definition too. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. This is yeah. in the middle of the show, bro. Yeah, I remember. I <laughs> I rewound it um, to that point. Um, you know, I didn't see it, but I was kind of listening to it in the other room, but I didn't see anything. So I, I think I knew May came out, but I didn't expect to see what I saw. Man, you, so were you I, in for a surprise? I was like, oh, I just wasted my time. All right, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh man rest in peace to may young man what a fearless yeah. woman that is she has like some good mic 70. skills too now i'm gonna right. show you all my and puppies. she was walking around in them hills at 76 like yeah, in the ring like that's not easy to do so shout out to may young man she that took some guts to do 76 years old it's like whatever <laughs> like, i'll piece, do it her one piece purple john oh man this is Jim Ross. This cannot happen. <laughs> oh man, what a what a wild this is, uh, time! A month removed of from the cat going topless. Oh, I don't remember that at previous all. Previous pay per view. You know, My the, God, the timing was off a little bit. So um, they don't. Are they show desperate that. for it's like not... pay per view buys. Like what? Well, so I think the timing was off. She she was literally topless for like a second um, before Stars of Slaughter came out to cover her up. And this December pay per view on Peacock, obviously that's censored out. But well, I yeah. do remember seeing that on the VHS. So <laughs> Peacock ain't playing around, bro. No. This is probably the first batch of things they edited when they got the network. <laughs> Let's go back to the Attitude Era real quick. Do everything. Do do that era first. <laughs> what about that time Vince said the N word on Raw? No, 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 no. We gotta go back to go back to this first. <laughs> I think that was he legit a rubble, wasn't it? Maybe that was the Royal oh Rumble. Goodness. I don't know. Well, we all have to man cover that one. <laughs> that's probably you. You talk about something that's bleeped out on Peacock. <laughs> what? That's the first thing they went to. <laughs> Trust right. me on that one. We don't. Peacock said we don't. We don't want zero problems, big fella, on this one. But as far as the uh, swimsuit contest, May Young, if you were keeping score, May Young won by <laughs> unanimous decision right. from the judges. I don't think so they wait, Andy actual Richter scorecards. Voted for what? Like, <laughs> Everybody, <laughs> unanimous, bro. Like, so there you go. I, okay, I get the others, but Andy Richter, really? I, I don't, man. I don't get what happened here. I don't get any of this. Why is Andy Richter even there? <laughs> In New York. You, you don't get why Andy Richter voted for it. Why is he even there? <laughs> like, why do they have what? None of this makes sense. Moving on. We're now with. Jonathan Coachman, who is at WWF New York, yeah. and he is surrounded by a bunch of wild males that cannot contain themselves. <laughs> ah! 
Give him the middle finger everywhere. <laughs> right. How did Coach do this? How did he maintain know, his composure man. with people going Bleh! around him? Just a bunch of dudes. Probably stank in there. <laughs> probably don't smell good. Probably got cheap cologne on or yep. too much of it. Man. Yeah. It, yeah. He's a pro for that I one. I know it's smelling there. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pro for that one. I'll give him credit for that one. Uh, now we're backstage with Chris Jericho and China. As they are arguing over who will wear their Intercontinental Championship to the ring. They are co-champions at this point. Uh, Dave Hebner comes up. (laughs) Not Earl. Dave. He comes in and takes the belt. and says, hey, man, I got to take this belt from y'all anyway. Because it's about to be decided in the upcoming match. Which is a triple threat match for the Intercontinental Championship. We do, though. Get a quick video of WWF saying, hey, don't try these moves at home. Yeah. It's dangerous, y'all. But now here we are. Undisputed IC title match. It's a triple threat. I don't know how we got Hardcore Holly in here to decide the undisputed champ when he's he, not the champ. He's the big shot. <clears throat> I forgot about that. <laughs> he's over 400 pounds. Didn't he? Allegedly. What was it that he was supposed to be like the referee at some pay-per-view? Was it WrestleMania or was it like after that? Where he's like a referee and I'm the big shot. And it's like, nobody cares, Hardcore Holly. Um, it might have been uh, I forget what show it was. It was 99, yeah. I think. I don't know. It's Hardcore Holly. Uh, yeah, again, who was <laughs> allegedly over 400 pounds. How ridiculous was that? <laughs> allegedly. Uh, Jericho comes out to a massive ovation and welcomes everyone to Madison Square Jericho and says his celebration when he wins the title will be huge. And it'll be a celebration unlike anything that will ever, never, ever be seen again. Again, that's what he would say. (laughs) Not again, again. Jericho was, again, coming into his own as a babyface around this time, apparently. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where uh, the crowd started cheering him no matter what. So you have no other choice. Turn him. And most guys, I think, will look at the storyline with China because she's a woman, and you know, a woman like China just couldn't possibly hang with men. Um, They would look at that as like a a a downgrade. Like, oh man, what what am I doing here? But Jericho did it, and then became more over because of it. They kind of turned on China a little bit. They the kind of did in this like, match. They didn't hear because you could hear booing uh, just because they were so pro-Jericho. Yeah. But China recovered. She was fine as far yeah. as you know being over. But uh, but like you said, on this night, it was really New York was behind Jericho, and that was it. Like you said, they turned on China because they wanted Jericho so bad. They should have turned on Hardcore Holly because he comes right out and shoves China right in the face so he could fight Jericho. And JR then calls him, quote-unquote, somewhat of a chauvinist. <laughs> Either you are a chauvinist or you aren't. It's not somewhat of a chauvinist. Like, what? We either, it can't be somewhat pregnant. Like, like what is this? <laughs> right? Like, I, I think if, if, if I think Hardcore Holly's character at this time and John Rocker would have got along just fine. Oh, yeah. Like, if you ever wanted to work, like, wonder... What John Rocker would have been like as a wrestler, Hardcore Holly in January 2000 is who you'd be looking at. <laughs> if, uh, like Devon said, if Rocker ever ran for mayor, Hardcore Holly would be his campaign manager. There you go. I got an idea. 
Don't give Hardcore Holly the IC title tonight. <laughs> I think that's this what is I was going to <laughs> <laughs> Like watching this, uh, you know, in 2000, I think that's what I was afraid of the most because I just never gravitated towards Holly. You know, like I didn't think anything was entertaining back then. I think the big shot stuff is funny now looking back. And the, the 400 the moment, pounds thing, super yeah, heavyweights like, thing. In the moment, I was like, please don't give him any belts. Hardcore <laughs> title, okay. Like that's the less serious title, but no IC un- title, please. The <laughs> unserious title. Yeah. <laughs> the very unserious title. Uh, China used a pedigree at one point, which she I did. found interesting. She did. I found that very interesting. Uh, but Jericho won pr- kind of uneventful fashion. He hit the bulldog to China, then hit the lion salt, and then won. But yeah. The fans were here for it because they were. He was big over in, in MSG on this night. So, and like, like I said, he finally found his footing as a babyface in 2000, uh, which I'm not sure was totally expected given his run in ECW. Like he, he was his best run in ECW was as a heel, uh, but I guess he had built up enough equity with, with fans during his run in WCW that you know yeah. they were going to cheer him once he got to WWF. But either way. He's the undisputed intercontinental champion. I don't know if you had any thoughts from this match. I, I did the, not. Not not the match itself, but it kind of blows my mind that WWE officially doesn't recognize the Jericho and China co uh, reign. They don't. Kind, oh, kind of I annoying. Because um, you go to their website and you because I I read it on Wikipedia, you know, it's like that's never wrong. <laughs> um, you know, the I remember their title match ending in a double pinfall, and they. were that's the result, you know, they were co-champions, but WWE doesn't recognize it as an official rating. It's a vacant, um, a vacancy. So vacancy. It's, I'm gonna look this up right now it's, it's on really WWE's annoying. website. It's really annoying because you'll see it on Wikipedia, but that note is in there. Well, I, I did go to the website, so you double check for me, and it goes from Jericho to Jericho. <laughs> like it, it, it goes from yeah. They don't recognize them as co-champions. They uh-huh. have. It goes from Jeff Jarrett to China, then to Jericho, and I think I guess that's it. But they give they have Jericho down as let's see, let's go back here. This is on WWE.com. China has it from October 17th to December 12th, 1999, 55 days. Jericho gets it December 12th to January 3rd, 2000. Yeah, so they don't recognize it as co. It's just Jericho twice like in a row. Can have China as like a two-time Intercontinental Champion. How crazy! From for twenty days, for twenty days in January, there's no champion. So from January third, uh, it goes from Chris Jericho. I guess it's him in China from January third, yep. right? Yep. And then twenty third is the Royal Rumble, which we're talking yep. about tonight. Is when he gets it back. So yeah, that's weird. Like it was never declared vacant while we were, you know, they were right. champions. So it's just I don't know why they do that. And I, as far as I can't erase. I mean, they don't. They recognize her first reign. Like it's not. Right. Doesn't seem like they're erasing her lineage, but still weird. It makes no sense. <laughs> In a kayfabe world. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. But whatever. As far as I was concerned, China's always a two-time Intercontinental Champion, not a one-time. Because, like Correct. you said, she had the co championship with Jericho. So yeah, that's weird that they Which don't. Which was recognize hilarious it. because you know Jericho, he's. Still the heel. He's like breaking her thumb with a hammer and stuff like that. But fans loved it. So he had to turn a face. <laughs> boy, oh boy. When you look at it that way, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a weird way to get over with the fans. But that's what happened somehow. One but of the funniest things on. I've ever seen, by the way. <laughs> Strapping China to the chair and 
hitting her thumb with a hammer and breaking it. <laughs> like I don't recall that at all. Uh, it's nineteen ninety nine though. Yeah, it might be on YouTube, but like you gotta watch it. Cause she, like she's screaming in agony, but the way he's striking her thumb with the hammer is like the funniest damn thing. The funniest serious thing that they've had around that time. I just couldn't stop laughing. Weird stuff in nineteen ninety nine. WWF. Now this Weird is post Russo, by the way. So right. At least I They're believe so. I believe it was at the after, after effects, though. Yeah. So at the after effects. We're moving on though. Now backstage with Michael Cole and his guest at this time, The Rock. Rock. Tonight, you and twenty nine other guys are going to go into that match. Hand up. Hasn't even said a word and they're already chanting his name. Finally, The Rock has come back to New York City. Rock, tonight you and 29 other superstars will be in that ring for the Royal Rumble match, and you have a bullseye on your chest. Is there any superstar who you may be concerned with? Well, The Rock says this. There are two WWF superstars who The Rock has a concern with. There are two who might give The Rock problems. Number one is going to be Crash Holly. Number two <laughs> is going to be Headbanger Mosh. And The Rock says if he could get by those right. two, then he might have a shot at winning the Royal Rumble. It's a might. It's a big might. <laughs> it's a big might. With all due respect, Headbanger Mosh had foreign, foreign objects on his body. The big show? <laughs> well, the, the weapons. Rock says this. You should be concerned with fixing yourself a nice tall glass of shut up juice. <laughs> Go fix it. <laughs> the Rock shut says up, this. juice. Big show, do you actually think that you're going to win the Royal Rumble? Do you actually think that you're going to take the great one and throw him over the top rope? Do you actually think that you're going on to WrestleMania and becoming the WWF champion? Well, The Rock says this. <laughs> he wipes a monkey's ass with what you think. <laughs> Man. Man. Big Show, The Rock says this. He's going to go out there in the middle of the people's ring. Royal Rumble. The Rock's music is going to hit. If you smell and 20,000 Rock fans all stand on their feet, goosebumps on their arm, electricity going through their body. The Rock says this. As God, as the Rock's witness, he hopes, he prays that you, Big Show, and The Rock are the last two in the ring. So The Rock thinks, no, he knows, no. The Rock guarantees to win the Royal Rumble right here in New York City. And that is a huge guarantee, King. Wow. Ooh, that boy on fire. They smell what The Rock's cooking out there. <laughs> that boy on fire. And The Rock says this big show, just as sure as The Rock is without a shadow of a doubt, the best there ever was the rock says as sure as the rock has the brahma bull tattooed on his arm is as sure as the rock it's going to wrestlemania and becoming without a shadow of a doubt the best damn wwf champion there ever was if you smell what the rock is cooking damn that was good i'm coming hard whoa wait a second <laughs> what i did not expect that Classic rock promo. Gotta love it. Especially after I say, damn, that was good. You're gonna <laughs> throw that in there. That was terrible timing. I'll have to clip that. Pause. Possibly. <laughs> possibly post that. 
<laughs> my God. My goodness gracious. Also, that jersey that The Rock was wearing in his promo, fire. I would have loved that jersey when I was a kid. I didn't get it, but it looked great. Yeah. I would have loved it as a kid. Gotta get the merchandise catalog. <laughs> really though, man, you I should got, got one. You ever get those when you were a kid? Oh yeah, like the Finger Hut or like yeah. East Bay no. or no, I mean, all like the WWE department specific. stores. WWE oh, I don't remember. Like, don't recall specifically WWE. They would always all have the department stores in the magazine, but then you can like write or send them something to get one. I remember they would always advertise it on TV, but. Uh, you know, I got them a few times. And I was, it was cool to look at all the things they had. I don't remember if I in high school. I kind of like stopped doing that. So I was like my freshman year in high school. Didn't wear the only uh, wrestling <laughs> stuff I wore was Austin three sixteen shirts. I had like three or four of them, uh, different you know designs or whatever. I think. Oh yeah. Uh, I wore one in my school picture that year. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With uh, I had like a denim shirt on. You know. Uh, a lot of white guys did this. They wore like a dress, a button-down shirt over top of like a regular shirt. Uh, on like it was unbuttoned though, and that was like the style I wore too. So, in my freshman year pick, I have the Austin three sixteen shirt. It says Austin. You could see it. It was like the snake, uh, like a fa- the face of a snake, and Austin three sixteen like in the mouth, and uh, you could see like it in the picture. But I never got like in trouble for it. It was never like against dress code back then. Um, <laughs> although someone claimed they could have been like, ah, oh, that's you know religious blasphemy, something's wrong or whatever. But uh, no, nobody seemingly got in trouble for wearing Austin three sixteen shirts. Look, John Rocker was an open homophobe and xenophobe yeah. and racist, and yeah. still got paid by the Atlanta Braves the next yeah. season. <laughs> like, so I think you were fine. Shocking, <laughs> right? That team did it. Uh, I forgot to mention where I was in life at this point, which when I brought up the rock jersey, made me think of uh, January 2000. I think I was in fifth grade by this point and just hanging out in Southwest Philly. <laughs> I don't remember much else, honestly, uh, but still just all every night. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. That's definitely a uh, a a weekly occurrence for me and watching Smackdown at this point, too. I was yeah. watch- and yeah. watching Nitro. I was watching Nitro as well. So. Okay. Watching it all at this point. But back to The Rock for a second. Did you know that 2001 was The Rock's final Royal Rumble match to date? Oh, wow. Uh, Royal Rumble match. Okay. Royal Rumble match. Okay. He was, in, he was at the 2002 Royal Rumble, but that was an undisputed title match. He didn't even appear at a Royal Rumble again until 2013. Yeah. That was for the WWE Championship against CM Punk. Mm-hmm. So, this is his next to last Royal Rumble match mm. ever. Mm. And, until Sunday? I don't know. Mm. Well, Saturday, I should say. We'll see. I, <laughs> I said Sunday too happen. earlier. Or <clears throat> right. It's a green in our damn head. It should have been Saturday all along. <laughs> it should have been Every Saturday all along. Because it was Saturday like in the early 90s. Yeah. And it was like Sunday in 92 for some reason. But whatever. Back to Saturdays, <laughs> yeah. but... Yeah, but moving on, we get a video package for the next match, which is for the WWF World Tag Team Titles. It is the New Age Outlaws defending against the Acolytes. Uh, New Age Outlaws here. Mm. One of them were at the DX reunion Monday. Uh, the other was not. It was Kurt Angle was in his place. It was Billy Gunn who wasn't there because obviously he's an AEW. Uh, 
being Mr. Daddy Ass for the acclaimed. Um, and like I said earlier, I just love Kurt Angle just inserting himself into groups uh, <laughs> now. Um, but and again, it makes sense that they're the old guys who don't want to wrestle. Makes perfect sense because they are the old guys that shouldn't want to wrestle. <laughs> like they're 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 nearing their sixties. All of them. They're all in their fifties. That's crazy. It needs to end. Still wearing DX stuff. Hey, I mean, you got to sell the merch. Yeah. You need to beat up anybody though. <laughs> and that's or fine act like you can. Right. <laughs> Triple H, because for a second you thought Triple H was going to be like, oh, here we go, him like and Gunther. Like, but he stepped up and he got the Triple H scout and he was like, nah, I can't. <laughs> like He almost forgot that he actually retired like, yeah. last year. <laughs> I retired, man. I can't do it. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, AD, the Acolytes run to the ring and immediately get things popping. Like They start swinging haymakers right away. The next pot comes out. And I just thought of the X-Pac was also at the DX reunion, reunion Monday and he was singing Seth Rollins' song during his entrance <laughs> over the mic. <laughs> that segment was wild. Then we got Teddy Long coming out and, and announcing the tag team match. That was great. He's like, well, well, we can't do it. Maybe somebody else will fight for us. Yeah. And three guys come up. Well, that's one. They need two more. Oh, okay. Now we need somebody to make this official. <laughs> we need somebody to like, you know, Make this right. And then Triple H's like, oh, this booking stuff isn't easy, man. Take it easy. <laughs> that was great. And then, of course, my, you know, the Uncle Teddy Long comes out. I'm going to make this a six-man tag team match. That was pretty much verbatim what he said on Raw. That was a clip, but you couldn't tell, right? <laughs> I could have just said that was from Raw. You wouldn't have known the difference. That's why he was out there. Get it was down. great. You know it's the oh. oh, yeah. Come oh, yeah. and get it on. And Teddy Long dance to the right, to the left, back to the right, back to the left. That's Teddy Long. Actually, that's that's, it. (laughs) I think I have the whole song, actually. My God. (laughs) It kept going and going. I was like, I thought it it was a clip. Trying to get us kicked right off the air. Trying not to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, X-Pac comes in and he gets beat up by the Acolytes. However, it did distract uh, Bradshaw enough. For Billy Gunn to hit him with the Famouser, pin him, and keep the tag titles. And that was that. <laughs> the, uh, the video package was longer than the match. That's crazy. I believe you, though. I believe you. But we got another video package, an even better one. <laughs> yes. The title will be decided for Big Show. What a fan against Triple H. Big Show just caught Trible H. Family. You are the most pathetic 
person I have ever met in my life. That's not Mick Foley. I've been pathetic for my whole life, especially over the last couple weeks. I can get hit in the head 37 times with a chair and not have any, not, not have any, not have any damage. You stank. Stank. You stank in the joint, up. Triple H and Stephanie, if you do not meet our demands, we've got every single superstar ready to walk out on your candy asses. You will reinstate Mick Foley now. Mick Foley's back! You want me at the Garden? You want me at the Rumble? You're damn right I want your ass at the Rumble. You got it! Mankind and Triple H back in the ring. The two men that will meet for the richest prize in the game at the Royal Rumble. Triple H got that bell! He's got the bell! He got the bell. After the beating you gave me on Monday night, one thing mankind is not is ready to face you in a street fight at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden. But I think the WWF fans deserve a substitute in that match. I think you know the guy. His name is Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack is back. Drastic times call for drastic measures. Triple H forced Mick Foley to metamorphosize into Cactus Jack. This guy's psychotic. He's homicidal. What I am is one bad son of a bitch. Cactus Jack is as hardcore as anybody could ever be. Mick Foley, your blood will stain New York City. I promise you that. This video package is for the upcoming match. It's for the street fight for the WWF Championship. Triple H defending the title against not Mick Foley, but Cactus Jacks. Now, I watched this video package, and I was like, what in the hell are these skits that Triple H did about Mick Foley? <laughs> Don't remember those. Again, this is 1999. I, was it Midian? Was he like the fake mankind? I, I don't know. I, I don't Midian, remember these. Because I, I vaguely remember them. I do um, not. I also... Don't yeah. re remember The Rock staging a walkout with the whole roster yes, I, to get Mick Foley his job back. It's like, why don't they just do that now? <laughs> like, <laughs> or like any in real other life, time, you know? Like, um, but yeah, that was funny. Uh, I do remember that. I don't remember why. Like, if Mick and Rock had like a promo or a scene before that, or like the previous week or whatever, how much longer. Uh, I, I don't know if it was the next week where The Rock did that after they fired McFoley or what, but uh, I remember that, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, <laughs> as Just watching as a fan, I was like, oh, well, and really anyone can do that. They can threaten to, the whole, the whole roster can threaten to leave if they fire someone just to get him back, but apparently they, that's not how they do things. <laughs> not how they do real things. Life. Uh, the video package, though, epic. Yes. And I feel like... Yes. The video packages from back uh, in these days were more epic than the day, the ones from today, even though the, the ones from today are good. But maybe it's just because we're more invested in the characters from back then and they're more yeah, over. The, the, and you um, care more. The 
anticipation was greater back then, I think. Yeah, uh, for sure. We know a lot too much now to really anticipate the unknown because um, we were automatically expected to be surprised at certain points. Um, so, like, the anticipation is not there anymore, uh, if that makes sense, um, as much as it was back then. Like, I still get excited for things, but uh, I remember exactly reading the SmackDown spoilers where, you know, Mick Foley came out and revealed that he was going to be Cactus Jack at the Rubble and being so hyped up two days later to watch that. And like, cause I was taping everything every week at this point. I was like, Oh my God, I can't like, I hope my VCR doesn't buzz. I like, I, I can't wait to tape this. And I watched that, uh, you know, for days, you know, just the, the reveal of Cactus Jack. It was like so, so cool to see Cactus Jack and like WWE for, for more than just one night. So, and cause I missed that raw by the way, where he came back in 97 to face Triple H as Cactus Jack. Like, I didn't see that live. So, this is like my first time seeing Cactus Jack, you know, in WWE as a, you know, in a, getting ready for a pay-per-view title match main event. Like, it, incredible. And I don't know what it is. Same dude, but it was just like different than Mankind, different than Dude Love. It was like Cactus freaking Jack. So, I, mean, I was Cactus, so excited back then watching Cactus that. was of the three faces of Foley, he was the non WWF one. Like yeah. mankind was a WWF creation, even though dude love was a Mick Foley creation from when he was a kid. He didn't do that character until WWF. Right. Cactus Jack was the one you saw in WCW in the early nineties. And of course in Japan, when he was doing those damn death matches with Terry Funk and whoever yeah. else. Yeah. So My, that was the, an, an ECW too, obviously yeah. Um, yeah. not just WCW. So he was the extreme one. So and he's a dangerous one. There's an right. element of danger with Cactus Jack. Whether you're talking about again, Japan, ECW, WCW, he was always the deranged one that was like doing extreme matches where mankind was demented in different in different ways. But um, so yeah, I understood why Cactus was the one that was like ooh, <laughs> like because he was the one that you hadn't really seen too much at least mm-hmm. in WWF. At least not on this level, like you said, in the main event of a pay per view of a Royal Rumble. And, like, just his whole attire is different. So seeing that same character that I saw in WCW and ECW in the red ropes of a WWF ring and surrounded by a WWF set was just, like, surreal in a way. And the first memory I have of Cactus Shack was watching him in WCW back in, like, 94. And I remember I was, like, at a family party, and my cousin, older cousin, um, he was, like, it was WCW, so I didn't watch it as much. So he's like trying to make me feel stupid because I don't watch it. He's like, does Cactus Jack go bang, bang? And I was like, no. And of course, like he comes out and he does the bang, bang. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you tricked me. That's why I, don't, that's why I have trust issues. Oh, my but, God. Uh, I hope that not, like, that's not the reason. <laughs> that's uh, my first memory of Cactus Jack. And just like seeing him on TV, like the cra- I don't even, I don't remember what specific match it was, but – you know, every match of his is like memorable in a way. Even in WCW, he just does crazy shit. Like he's just a Tasmanian devil of wrestling. He's yeah, just you don't know like, what's going to happen. Exactly. And like, the <laughs> Anything cool, can happen. The cool wanted design of, and, and on his shirt, like just it looks so cool. His cool looking boots, like just everything about that aesthetic. I was just like, man, this this is like awesome to see I, in a WWE ring. 
I realized I just called Cactus Jack the Tasmanian Devil of Wrestling on the show that has Taz on it. And <laughs> <laughs> his WWF debut. Even I'm overlooking Taz in WWF. Well, at least uh, Vince didn't rename him the Tasmanian Devil. He just added a Z. Which <laughs> Two wasn't, Z, Taz. Wasn't terrible. Yeah. Could have been worse. He could trademark that, I guess. <laughs> but the match itself, Triple H and Cactus Jack, classic. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it holds up today. I think it holds up today. They they get going uh, early. They fight into the out or the back alley set. <laughs> it looks like a back alley. Maybe uh, that's they had, what like, they were going for just for this match. <laughs> pretty much, I guess. Yeah, street if fight. It, you know? If fit this match, we got the pallet, not a, not not <laughs> not a plank. There's uh, more than one <laughs> plank yeah, of wood there, uh, so it's a pallet. Uh, they, they, I think Triple H got suplexed on top of that. Yeah, uh, there was trash cans and Ooh. other random items in this back alley, which is, I mean, that might be in the back alley. Some graffiti and some random <laughs> items might be back there. You never know what you might find. Uh, then Mick Foley or Cactus Jack, I should say, raises raises the stakes. He ups the ante because he breaks out a two by four wrapped in barbed wire. He tries to use it on Triple H, but Triple H gives him a low blow and then uses it on him multiple oh, times. Wow. That sucks. <laughs> but Foley quickly disarmed Triple H and hit him with a low blow with the board that was wrapped in barbed wire. That can't that couldn't have felt good. <laughs> the referee moved the moved the two by four out of the ring. Right? Gives it to Hugo Savinovich in his sparkling ass shirt. What was Hugo Savinovich wearing? It was the Royal Rumble, man. No. Yeah. That's not a shirt. That's not even a WrestleMania shirt. That's a shirt that belongs what? in the garbage. What? That's a garbage shirt. That's what I call that. Oh man, don't like it. I Too much it. sequence for me. Nah. I wore one um, New Year's Eve party that year. <laughs> a sequence shirt? I mean, it's yeah, New Year's it Eve was, party. It was. Uh, I tried to. Get, I think I got a like hot topic or whatever. The back. The, oh yeah. The back was black and the front was like all sequins, and it's because of Chris Jericho. You know, he'd be wearing wow. a sequence shirt, and I was like, I want that. I don't know if you should be following fashion tips from Chris Jericho, <laughs> at least not today or ever. I think I um, even wore it to school one day, but it was like my junior or senior year as like a man. You so, ready for a party at school? I wore it it's twice. eight o'clock in the morning. I wore it two times. <laughs> Somebody saw you in advisor. Was like, why are your shirt so bright, bro? It's seven o'clock in the morning right now. <laughs> I walk in school. They're like, dude, I don't have time for your crap. Right. <laughs> so I, I took it right I'm, off. I'm mad at you right now. But I don't know how Hugo Savinovich became the guy to get his hands on the two by four <laughs> with the barbed wire. <laughs> the funniest thing, because uh, Earl, by the way, is a coward. Earl Hebner is a coward. Um, well, look, Cactus got up swinging. He was like, "Look, where is my did, two by did. four? And, but, and Earl like, was like, the "Look, coward ass he is. He's like, it's over there. I put it over it's there. Over there. Yeah, he, he snitched on Hugo, <laughs> right? Cactus Jack is out of the ring." And just sucker punches Hugo Savinovich in the face. Who dies right Who, there. Over his two-by-four with barbed wire. He really cared about it. Sucker punches Hugo Savinovich in his shiny-ass shirt. Sends him down. And then Carlos Cabrera sees this and is like, Here you go, sir. <laughs> like gave it right up. Don't blame him. That is, a, that is a crazy man with half a ear trying to get that two-by-four. You give it to him. Let him get away from. He already sucker punched your homie. Your homie is unconscious right now. I don't know how they. How did they call the rest of the match? <laughs> he laid horizontal on a steel chair, selling <laughs> Cactus's punch for as like long as possible. How did up. they? How did they call the rest of the match? You just had one person on the call on the Spanish commentary. That's crazy. 
I wish we had an option to uh, on Peacock to flip to the Spanish commentary of that show. (laughs) (laughs) Just for that moment. Yeah. To hear Hugo Savinovich get punched in the face. That'd have been Literally great. go radio silent for, you know, <laughs> and, minutes. And the other guy has to just keep going because <laughs> homeboy got decked <laughs> in the middle of a title match. Uh, <laughs> Triple H ran into the official before Cactus Jack hit him in the face with barbed wire. Uh, and now Triple H is bleeding oh, everywhere. Oh, wow. He's cut open bad. I'm shocked. Uh, Cactus hit him multiple times with the barbed wire. Tried to go for a pin, but Triple H kicked out. Uh, Triple H stumbles to his feet. Cactus Jack hit him in the face again <laughs> with the barbed wire and then grinds it along Triple H's large forehead. Um, this is already off to a great start. I love it. And you got a bloody Triple H and Cactus Jack. They make their He's way to the announce like table. A piece of wood stuck in his calf at the same time. Yeah, he got a cut. Crazy. He got a nasty cut on his leg. Yeah. Right? I believe Cactus the tried part to- of the palate. It was literally lodged in his calf. Oh, that's what that was. That's what yeah. happened. That was maybe barbed wire, but a piece of the palate. Yeah, it was the palate. The oh my god! Yeah, it that's was, gnarly, man. It, it, it's only like that small part that was exposed because he had like the wrap around his knee and then the boot, and it was like not that much space and just he, enough. He got it right where the. I was gonna say sun don't shine, but that doesn't make sense. So <laughs> no, not forward. in this not in this context. Let's move forward. I mean. <laughs> It's one thing to get a splinter. Right. It's another thing to have a shard of wood yeah. Yeah. in your leg. Bleeding. You're already bleeding enough on your face. And then you got this real ugly gash on your leg. And that's <laughs> like, where'd that come from? That, that suplex happened fairly early in the match. So it most, he spent most of his match with that. I couldn't imagine how he felt like walking around. Probably not good. Yeah. <laughs> not good, probably. Uh, Cactus Jack tried to make him feel worse by hit him with the pile driver through the announce table but Triple H reversed it with a back body drop the table did not quite break the way it should have (laughs) Uh, and this is when we get a close up at uh, the wound that's on Triple H's leg it looked rather gnarly Um, Cactus Jack drove Triple H's face into the barbed wire again try to go for a pin Triple H kicks out again so again this is him this is us seeing Triple H and show off his, you know, his, his fortitude and his mean streak. And we're getting that across in this match. He's kicking out of multiple barbed wire, two by four shots to the face. Uh, Triple H takes back over by attacking Cactus Jackson's knee. Uh, he even used the barbed wire two by four on his knee to really gain an advantage. Then he got his hands on some handcuffs. This is where things get interesting. Mm. Because he attempts to cuff Cactus Jack and try to recreate the scene from... The 1999 or Rumble where Uh-oh. The Rock handcuffed McFoley, hit him in the head uh, about 15, 16 times with a steel chair and in a WWF title match, no less, and won the match in the I Quit match, uh, no less. Not a street fight, you know, like this time. However, uh, Cactus Jack tries to fight his way out, you know, but Triple H eventually succeeds. He cuffs Cactus behind his back, both hands behind his back. Triple H tries to use the steel steps on Cactus Jack, but to no avail because Cactus hits him with a drop toe hold. <laughs> and Triple H goes face first into the steps. That was pretty good. Smart. It was smart. Then Cactus just tossed his whole upper body into Triple H's groin. <laughs> like he just <laughs> jumped and just landed shoulder first into his groin. He then, he then he bit Triple H. 
So he's getting all this offense in without any hands. He's just whooping Triple H's <laughs> ass with no hands. However, that did not last very long. Triple mm. H eventually seized control. He got his hands in a steel chair and knocked the holy hell out of Cactus Jack mm. over his back so hard that a piece of the chair went flying. <laughs> like the back part of the chair where you, you would rest your back at, right. that part went flying into the stands to the yeah. point that Triple H even had to take a look. It was like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> And Cactus just crumbled out of the ring. Oh God, that was yeah. that was that that was vicious. Oh my God! And Triple H is like, "Wow, that looked bad." Uh, Cactus goes from the aisle. He goes to the aisle with a bloody mouth and begs Triple H to hit him in the head with the chair. Triple H is about to do it, but The Rock comes out <laughs> oh. for the rescue and hits Triple H with the chair. Still wearing the football jersey that I like so much. How about that? Then a member of the NYPD shows up <laughs> and unlocks Cactus Jacks from the handcuffs. Who allowed him to do that? <laughs> I didn't see another cop in the building. And here he comes, Maybe just he un- uncuffing people. Maybe he was uh, escorting The Rock. Oh, The Rock, the rock was the... escorting him. <laughs> the, the Rock He's asked right the cops here. to help him out? He's right here. Yeah. <laughs> Only The Rock thought of that? Oh, maybe. He's got huh? that Rock and Sock connection still. <laughs> that's true. He gave that's why, that's why he's involved. Back, so <laughs> that's why he's involved. Uh, Cactus Jack gets a comeback going going now because he, his hands are free, and he ends that comeback with a pile driver through the announce table. Ooh. Finally landed it. Then he goes under the ring and gets a bag. And Lawler's like, "Oh, he's gonna hit him with a sandbag now. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna hit him with a sandbag." <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it was not a sandbag. It was not a bag of sand. It was a as a bag. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see forty year old version? Oh, oh my god! Yes, I have. Uh, that's Is one of the true? few movies you've seen when he talks about grabbing women's. Uh, like, does it feel like a bag breast? of sand? <laughs> a bag of sand. <laughs> and they were like, uh, "No, what are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> a bag of sand." Uh, that's my movie knowledge. <laughs> yeah, the, the boob joke in 40-year-old version. Congrats. <laughs> Classic movie, by the way. It still holds great. up. I don't know if it still holds up. It's still funny, though. <laughs> so laugh at it, um, especially that scene and many others from that movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's such a funny movie. Um <laughs> I need to rewatch it again. Oh man, I haven't seen it in a while, but of That's course I still remember that. <laughs> and the and the scene with Kevin Hart is like, "This your boy? <laughs> <laughs> Just got both y'all messed up." He's like, "Oh no, the real one is here now. Yeah. You want to talk to him? Yeah. <laughs> Forget him. I'm here now." It was so it was so funny, man. It's so funny. But back to the match. It was not a, a bag of sand. It was a bag. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bag of thumbtacks uh. that Cactus Jack brought from under the ring and spread about the ring canvas, which I'm sure is a pain in the ass for mm. all the workers yeah. <laughs> in the ring uh, who work in and around the ring because they got to clean up thumbtacks after the show. It's funny that they had you know the rumble match after this and set up before if you knew you were going to use these things. Uh, well, like, what if they got stuck? What if they couldn't sweep right. them out? Because you know, right, they had happens. people in between this match and the Royal yeah. Rumble sweep out the ring and use a shovel because I guess some of them could have been stuck you know, right. in the match. So they get, got a shovel in there to kind of get them out, I guess. But 
I guess they did a good job. I didn't hear any stories they about did. somebody getting stuck with a yeah. thumbtack because of that match, but I did not. Uh, Cactus Jack, he spreads the thumbtacks out around the apron, and he then puts Triple H back into the ring and hit him again with the damn barbed wire two by four. <laughs> okay. Oh no, this is after the match. I'm skipped ahead of my notes. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, we get the thumbtacks out. Stephanie McMahon comes out, and just when it, just when it looked like Cactus was about to knock Triple H into the thumbtacks, Ooh. Triple H back body dropped him Ooh. into the ta- into the tax. Not great. Ouch. There's no. Uh, I don't think they teach that in wrestling school how to take thumbtacks. How to take that bump. Uh, Triple H didn't hit a pedigree, but Cactus kicked out. Uh. Triple H is like what What the hell He looks at Cactus Cactus is stumbling around some more But then he walks into a second pedigree This time though Into the thumbtacks Which is Ooh. a wild bump to take This is not it a bump is. I would have taken <laughs> I don't care who well, yeah. What's going on And like a real pedigree Not one of those where You know I don't I guess he didn't want his even hands if, In front of him anyway but I'm saying, <laughs> Even if you put your hands down Is that better Like just uh, Probably not Don't get anywhere near The, the, the thumbtacks just close your eyes. There's no good. Yeah, close your <laughs> eyes and mouth, and hope nothing goes up your nose. Because <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. But after the pedigree into the thumbtacks, Triple H pins Cactus Jack to win the match and retain the WWF Championship. Despite winning, though, Triple H does not walk out of the arena. He is stretched out. Steph is there. She's all concerned. And Triple H is like, oh, my God, oh, my body, oh, I'm in so much pain. Cactus Jack, however, gets up because he's he's Cactus Jack. He's he's wild, man. And that, that's also putting over Cactus Jack, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but as Triple H is being wheeled out and looking just like he's been battered, he looked like the loser, right? He did. Cactus Jack comes over <laughs> says, forget all that. Brings him back to the ring, flips his ass into the ring apron <laughs> from the stretcher. <laughs> then I'm puts him back into the you. ring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then put him back into the ring and hit his ass one more time with the two by four wrapped in barbed wire. One more time for the road. As we end that segment. Cactus must pose. Cactus must pose, bloody and all. <laughs> he must pose. Any other thoughts on this match, which was again a banger i forgot that ending um you know triple h was stretched out and cactus chased him back to the ring um you know really kind of you're right it put over cactus a lot more uh triple h selling like that and it also put over triple h you know he's a tough son of a bitch um he's ready for the big time you know he's mcfoley helped to make triple h i'll always believe that and this is you know match number one um, match number two would be the next month, but um, just it's still a great match. Like I love psychology and wrestling, and it kind of like follows psychology in a way for like a street fight that involves Cactus Shack, where you have thumbtacks and a you know two by four full of barbed wire. It's just everything kind of made sense in this match. Triple H wanted yeah. to prove himself, um, and doing it honestly, um, yeah, it, like. I still hadn't yet bought into Triple H as a kid, you know, in twenty, in, in two thousand, I should say. So, um, yeah, I was mad. I was like, "Why, why get to do a finish that has like a pedigree that Cactus kicks, kicks out, and then another one that he doesn't?" And I was like, "Ah, I hate finishes like that." But you know, it made sense because the second one was on the thumbtacks. You know, I'm not, 
you know, uh, what was this, 2000? So I'm like, what, 15 years old now? Or 14 years old, going on 15? And I'm just like, ugh, stupid. But makes sense. It's great pro wrestling and uh, a great story that they were beginning, in, beginning to tell that would go into the next month and eventually go to WrestleMania. So uh, just everything about this match hit as well as it could have. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that this everything in this match made sense. It made sense for the two by four to, you know, bust Triple H open and it caused a lot of damage and it made sense for them to fight in that IOA and and uh, everything they did there, the thumbtacks being the finish. It all made sense. So yeah. A banger here. I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would because I hadn't seen it in so long. So it's definitely a classic Royal Rumble match. I feel like this is one of those matches, or this is a show that I think I have gone back to watch in the last couple of years. Obviously, we haven't done a deep dive for it. I'm not even sure if I did a throwback Thursday on it, but I feel like for some reason I've gone back to watch this show. And I don't know why, but yeah, this match is worth, it's worth the price of admission on its own. So there's that. Uh, moving on, though. We're now with JR and the King. Uh, they're talking about the fact that the table's been destroyed and, you know, it's devastation and carnage out there. <laughs> Meanwhile, Triple H finally gets back to his feet. He goes backstage. Then they kick it to WWF New York one more time with our boy Jonathan Coachman. He's talking to Linda McMahon for her huh? thoughts on Triple H and Stephanie. Huh? And they're trying to kind of, what's that? Huh? Like, what the hell is she doing there? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> With the leather blazer right. on. You like that? Yeah. But she's talking about Triple H and Steph trying to take over the company pretty much, which is like, that feels familiar. Hmm. That feels like today. Yeah. <laughs> Linda and Vince trying to hold off Triple H and Steph. Man, it's crazy how that happens. Pretty much playing out in real life right now. It really is. Triple H and Steph trying to take over and Vince holding on for dear life. He got with them in storyline in, in this story, though. He, he eventually you know, he got did. in cahoots with he them. Did. We'll see what happens in reality here. But but it's, it's kind of eerie as well, Linda saying things will be handled the McMahon way. So Yeah, what way is that? Ugh, come on, Linda. What way is that? We don't know. We don't want to know probably neither. But moving on, we see the people sweeping and shoveling the thumbtacks out of the ring because I'm sure, as you mentioned, no one in the Rumble wanted any parts of those thumbtacks. <laughs> After the match, uh, we get Howard Finkel to explain the rules, which that there are 90 seconds between each entrant in the Royal Rumble. I always forget what the time is. Like, what is the time for the in- intervals? Because I feel like at one point it's been a minute. It's been two minutes. It's been 90 seconds. Oh, and yeah, it's... it's been 60 seconds <laughs> or I think 30 seconds for one. What? 30. Was it 30 one time? I don't know. Yeah, I know it was Maybe 60 not 30. And, uh, 95. Which 95, is, and that was like the shortest yeah. one. Yeah. So what is it today? Um, I think it's still 90. I, it 90. Was, okay. It was originally two minutes, and they probably were like, okay, that's too long. So Okay. Because then the actual match would be six. The actual entrance would take over 60 minutes, um, and then you have to go to the finish, so that's maybe too long. But um, now it's a good 45 minutes. You get all 30 in there if you do it 90 seconds. So um, Okay. I think it's still a 90. So it's been at least I, I think I might have checked last year and it was like 90. So I, I don't think it changed. I think we would have mm-hmm. been made aware if it changed. By yeah, this I just, for this year. I've just so always kind of tuned that part out. Me too. Oh. 
I didn't really pay attention to it. I always thought it was two minutes based on, I think, the early 90 rumbles, like 90, 91. I think 92 was also two minutes apart, if I remember correctly. So uh, I don't remember when it went to 90. Um, and obviously 60 was way too quick. So I had to let, you know, I rewatched the 95 rumble match a couple days ago. And I was like, yeah, it's just too rushed for a match of that magnitude. Like with 30 people, it's like you're 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 just eliminating people too. Plus, I mean, it was 95. I mean, the roster wasn't great, so uh, but it's too rushed. So I, I like 90 seconds to two minutes. Like I think that's that's a good. It's it's 90 seconds thing. today. Yeah. It's ninety seconds. Again, there's something that always is overlooked. Give things time to breathe and stuff like that. So, can't it better not go to sixty anymore? Yeah, like I remember one being really short, and like you said, ninety five, and that was sixty seconds. Okay, I thought it was like maybe shorter than that, but that makes sense. Sixty seconds is, I mean, every minute somebody's coming out, that's pretty short. Yeah. Um, but they also kind of gave away that this is going to be a controversial finish in that they showed right before the rumble. A clip of Shawn Michaels winning the 1995 match where both of his feet didn't yeah. touch the floor. Only one. They hadn't showed a clip, for as I know, on Peacock all night. No, none. So why did they all choose of a sudden, 1995 of all right, years? Right, of all years. I guess to this point, that was a pretty exciting finish to the, sh- to the match. But, like, well, they didn't show heel. anything else. They didn't show Hogan. They didn't show Austin the year before. Yeah. They showed, well, not the year before, in two, 98 or 97. Right. They showed 95. Yep, that was foreshadowing. Hmm. I, I I see that now. I remember I watched. It, I was like, "What the hell? This is so stupid. Why are they showing a 1995 one? Shawn Michaels isn't even in the company at this point. You know, he's still hurt, like retired. I, I don't even think he's doing weekly TVs at this point. So he like, was at WrestleMania though. So he was a commissioner at some point in '99. No, in that's 99. two. That's '99. Yeah, we're past that. So we're in, in 2000. He was as well at the end of '98. So yeah. We're in um, 2000. Yeah, Shawn Michaels doesn't show up until Judgment Day yeah, for that like, Iron Man I'm, match. It's like, what? Like, why? <laughs> but now, like, you mentioned it kind of made sense, foreshadowing a controversial finish. Yeah. But before we get to that finish, we got to start the 30-man Royal Rumble match. And that Looking number at the one. the deal now. Number one is D'Lo Brown. Yes. <laughs> yes. The good brother D'Lo Brown is number one. Number two is Grandmaster Sexay. <laughs> Which Howard Finkel said, sexy. <laughs> like, like Howard Finkel would you expect Howard Finkel to say it? Grandmaster, sexy. I always love uh, WWF shooting Jerry Lawler during Brian Christopher's matches. It was always kind of fun. Um, but uh, in hindsight, this is kind of a wild first two, right? <laughs> like, like D'Lo Brown and Grandmaster, sexy. They used to try to have like one of these guys be main eventers. And no disrespect to D'Lo or Grandmaster Sexay, but I wouldn't categorize them as main eventers at this point. No, um, not at all. Then I saw a big homophobic sign in the crowd. I was like, man, Ooh, this is yeah. a wild time. Yeah. This is a wild time to be alive. Uh, but at number three, though, is Headbanger Mosh oh. with her wild outfit. <laughs> I, wrote, yeah. I wrote The Rock is pissing his pants. Right. <laughs> He's like, oh, no. He's got weapons with him. If this was ready to rumble, Gordy would have yelled, Foreign objects! And beat him up right then and there. <laughs> we did a deep dive on ready to rumble a while back. You can check that out. 
in the archives. And that was a scene that was discussed in detail <laughs> for how absurd it was uh, in hindsight. Uh, speaking of absurdity, Kai and Ty comes out for the first time tonight. And they come right into the ring and get tossed right out. <laughs> <laughs> Kai and Ty is not officially in the Rumble. But Funaki and Takamishinoku will have multiple run-ins mm. during the show. Uh, the last of which were Takamishinoku, at least, was quite painful. And we did not see him yeah, for the rest of the night. <laughs> no. um, yeah. But and this they, is not the last time. They like eight times. Because Jerry Lawler kept requesting it. He did. <laughs> so, yeah, this is not the last time we'll see the Kai and Tai. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's actually really funny that they yeah. just keep keep jumping in. Uh, if there's one thing, this rumble probably ain't the, the best or the most dramatic, but it was probably pretty. It was pretty fun. I'll give it that much. It was pretty fun. Uh, we can, I even put in my notes. We can use some fun things like this in the rumble. It's just fun sometimes. Yeah, I mean they better this year because uh, <laughs> well at the Alamo Dome because uh, the last one that we covered last week from the Alamo Dome was uh, left a lot to be desired. You got to have a big rumble for the Alamo Dome. So, I mean, they've been in stadiums the last few years, but we're expecting something big. I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be the rock. I mean, they are in Texas, so. Look, oh, 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 I got a connection. Glass breaks? I got a connection. (laughs) I got a connection. This is weird, Hmm. but rock with me. Because the reports are that The Rock may not be at WrestleMania now, right? That's like some of the reports. Correct. But they are going to be in San Antonio. Correct. There's a football team in San Antonio now. Is there? They're they're called the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL. Oh. Guess who owns the XFL? Guess where the Royal Rumble is Hmm. Saturday night. Is it the Brahmas are going to play. Is it going to come out in a San Antonio Brahmas jersey? I mean, hey, look, the there's a time to promote this team and promote this league <laughs> that's kicking off in a couple weeks, bro. Okay. They're kicking off the week yeah. after the Super Bowl. Yeah, the week so after. So if there's a time to promote the team, the San Antonio Brahmas, hey, San Antonio, we're here, buy some tickets, and promote the XFL as a whole the day before the conference championship games in the NFL – that would be a good time to do it, but you know, again, that's just wild speculation on my part. I'm doing like the Brian Windhorse meme, and I'm like pointing up, <laughs> yeah. like, "Hum, what's going on here?" But if he's here and if he's there, like that, yeah, that's me right now. But that's wild speculation on my part. It, I will admit. Uh, I mean, it's a good connection that I didn't make until now. Um, just, I do just think it's out. a smokescreen. It the whole like the rock. Not in ring shape thing. I was like, come <laughs> that on. That sounds absurd, like, by the way. Really, the Rock not in ring shape. Like he's who, at least in shape. Whoever, he might not have taken a bump. <laughs> but whoever fed you that, it's like the Rock clearly knew the direction. Um if he's really truly not in ring shape, then he's not taking this seriously. Move on. Because uh you don't want to waste your time with that. But I I find it very hard to believe uh he didn't prepare. <laughs> Listen, so if if, if he shows up in a San Antonio Brahma's jersey in like San Antonio, Texas. In, in 2000, you know? Yeah, like in, <laughs> in, in the Alamo Dome where the Brahma's are going to play their home games this season. Hmm. What? About three weeks from now. 
XFL season kicks off. Just a few days after our parade. You said it. <laughs> Don't be surprised. That's all I'm going to say. Hmm. Don't be surprised. It just it kind of makes sense now. Well, then but, it's only it's got to be one of two people. It's got to be either The Rock or Austin, right? We'll see. <laughs> it's got to we'll be. See. We'll see. Saturday we'll we're, we're going to hear, you know, a lot of flack of those old guys beating the young guys. But listen, man, it's entertainment. Also, it's The Rock and Steve Austin. That's we'll true. be all right. That's <laughs> <right>. yeah. <laughs> we'll be all right. Uh, moving on. Back to the Royal Rumble. Uh, Headbanger Mosh comes out at number three. Kyan Todd comes out. They get tossed back out. Grandmaster Sexay does a bulldog to D'Lo Brown right on top of Mosh's ankle for some reason. Yeah. Don't know why he did that. Mosh is probably like, what the hell, dude? Right. That Does could have been avoided. Like it really hurt him. <laughs> that could have been avoided. Uh, at number four is Christian. He could, he doesn't get a big pop, but at number five is Rikishi, and he gets a very loud pop. And this was by far the most over. Rikishi, Fatu, Sultan, whatever you want to call him, this is the most he had ever been over in his life. <laughs> like, it, it was a long time coming. Somebody, somebody listening is like, oh my God, he was the Sultan. So he just dropped some knowledge. Yeah. Apparently, we saw him a couple weeks ago in the 97 World Rumble, and he was nothing. (laughs) They had tried and failed with him so many times. Between Fatu, Make a Difference, and Sultan, and what else he had had done? He had uh, had another gimmick in there somewhere. Head Shrinkers? Head Shrinkers. That was was first, right? Yeah. That was the first one. I think and Samu then, pieced out, so they were like, uh, I guess Fatu stayed there. Fatu, it's time to make a difference, bro. <laughs> Didn't make a difference. Didn't make a lick of difference. <laughs> so then we go to the Sultan. That didn't work. Oh, man. With uh, the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund. And Bob Backlund. <laughs> Who's in this match? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> but... It finally clicked with Rikishi specifically because he linked up with Too Cool. Yeah. Too Cool should also be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I agree. They should be in there as a group, not just Rikishi. I don't know why they did that. That's not right to me because he wouldn't be Rikishi WWE Hall of Famer without Too Cool. Too Cool existed before Rikishi joined them. They were a tag team. Unless Rikishi doesn't. Didn't want them to, them to be. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, though. Yeah. I... Because, like, you know how the timeline went. Mm. And they helped each other. Rikishi was dead in the water before Too Cool. Too Cool, they, I mean, they had a little something going when they be- became Too Cool, but Rikishi came in and really made it pop. Yeah. They helped each other. They found each other and elevated each other to the point that they are in the Royal Rumble eventually together dancing in the middle of the ring together in the middle of the in the middle of the Royal Rumble match so I don't understand why the WWE did that just put Rikishi in there by himself he's deserving but so is Scotty Tuhati and the late Grandmaster Sexa man Brian Christopher yeah. I don't understand that but uh, Rikishi was over on this night yes again and he comes in and immediately tosses out headbanger Mosh and Christian. I did it for The Rock. <laughs> and that's when Rikishi stopped being over. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the end. We're seeing like him in the beginning here. And as yeah. soon as they turned them heels, like we're done with Rikishi. <laughs> like, no longer a main eventer. Um, and that was the end of that. But 
He comes in, he tosses out Headbanger Moss, Christian, and eventually D'Lo Brown, leaving the ring just to him and Grandmaster Sexy. Or Sex A? Sex A. Sex A. A Y at the end of that. Even spelled it S E X A Y. Yeah, Sex A. Okay. At number six, though, just so happens, it's our boy Scotty Too Hottie, the third member of Too Cool. Luck of the draw. The luck of the draw, somehow. They're all within the top 10. He immediately gets the crowd going. Doesn't even. Doesn't even try to wrestle. He immediately gets the crowd going for dance time. He gets in the ring and claps his hands. He's got 90 seconds. Make it good. Right. Because it's dance time. We're all in the ring together. It's time to dance. They get to clapping. They put the the, the shades on Rikishi. It's on. <laughs> like You know when the shades come on Rikishi, it's on. Right then and there. Rikishi is always ready to leave. All right, let's go and get on out of here, y'all. We done did our thing. And they always go, wait. And they put the shades on, and Rikishi just becomes a different person. <laughs> and it's on in the middle of the rumble, y'all. <laughs> I love it so much. Wrestling can be can be fun sometimes, man. This is absurd, but it's, it's fun. Absurd. It's, it's just great, fun because the lights were ready and everything. <laughs> so like, <laughs> the that lights. made me laugh because I forgot about that. Like, you know, the lights were ready. They so dropped assume, the lights. Yep. They hit the music. And they get they get down, and they go and the crowd is going with it, and everybody's just like having a great time. Like it's just fun. It's like We're hey early man, early in the rumble too. We're only what six uh, entrance in. Yes, Scotty Duhati so. is number six. We're having a great time, and then Makishi just kills the party <laughs> by turning on his own friends and dumping them both mm. out of the ring because it's every man for himself. It's every you know, man for himself. You know that, but the party ain't over yet. Because even though they out of the ring, Rikishi puts the shades back on and gets back to dancing. <laughs> they drop the lights again. He gets right back to it. Just <laughs> little like you know, high five to his uh, friends that he eliminated. Right, and he's back to it, and he's right back and to damn. it. They drop the lights again, and it's a party again. Until number seven comes out, the opposite of the party. It's Steve Blackman, y'all. It's Steve Blackman, y'all. There's no way they didn't do that on purpose, for sure. It's like it's like Toby from The Office. It's like how um, Michael thinks of Toby <laughs> from The Office. Like, oh my god, yeah. Here he comes. I like Steve Blackman, though. I'm just he's just yes. the opposite of the party. Yes. All right. He didn't last long with Rikishi, though. Rikishi wanted to keep the party going, <laughs> so he tossed his ass out real fast. At number eight is Big Viscera, who comes in and immediately gets the better of Rikishi. But that only lasted for a little while because, because Rikishi tosses his ass out too. <laughs> Rikishi is running the ring right now. At number nine is Big Boss Man who smartly takes his time getting into the ring. In fact, he actually waited the entire 90 seconds, <laughs> which is smart. I'm not running in there to get after Rikishi. But at number 10 is Tess, which means Big Boss Man's time is up. He's got to get in the ring now because Tess comes out swinging on Big Boss Man. Okay, so Big Boss Man's in the ring now with Tess and Rikishi at number 11. It's the British Bulldog. Hey, oh. remember he was with WWF late in 99, early in 2000? Time bizarre. But he's the victim of the best people's elbow of all time, though. <laughs> yeah, People don't talk about the fact one. that yeah. British Bulldog is the man lying down when The, when the Rock is doing the slide. <laughs> <clears throat> the greatest people's elbow of all time. <laughs> No doubt about it. Smooth as silk. How did The Rock do that? So smooth. You know what? That was great. Was that a, on SmackDown or? A that was a SmackDown. Okay, I gotta, I gotta find that and gif it and uh, 
good quality because a lot of the old like gifts you see in wrestling are like all grainy and stuff. I gotta get a good quality of that. <laughs> so I'm making a note. The best, the best of all time. At number twelve is Gangrel. Yeah. But right after him is Kai and Tai. They're back. Uh-huh. <laughs> they're back out, and this time no. They're taking wild bumps on their way outside of the ring, especially yeah. Takamishinoku, mm. who hit his face in the ground hard. Hard. <clears throat> JR said that they sent his ass to the 203 area code. <laughs> just, for you, just so you know, the 203 area code is for Stanford, Connecticut, <laughs> where WWE's headquarters is. That's 90 minutes away from New York City. <laughs> so the joke is that he was sent far. Ah. That's a joke, if you didn't get it before. At number 13, though, is Edge. He came out to a big pop. He did. So, I guess, you know, it's not surprising that he became a big star in the future. Mm-hmm. And then Jerry Lawler says, hey, let's get a replay of the Chinese guy taking the fall. And it's like, hey, man, they're Japanese. Come on, bro. <clears throat> JR had to correct him and say, hey, they're Japanese. Like, and this is a joke that JR, that Lawler repeated multiple times. This is Trying his uh, John Rocker impression out, I guess. Because no one cared. No one cared. People still don't care today, bro. <laughs> Let's it's be honest. crazy to me, man. It is crazy. Just... Speaking of crazy, at number 14 is Bob Backlund, <laughs> who got another big pop. A great theme song, <laughs> like the presidential theme song. Yeah. It makes sense for Bob Backlund, yes. who reportedly, I've never experienced this, but would make people... Um, say every U.S. president in order before giving him an autograph, and if they did, couldn't do it, he wouldn't give them an autograph. <laughs> Luckily, I got a picture with him, and I get an autograph. <laughs> and I feel like I've mentioned this every time we talk about Bob Backlund. I got that picture with him yeah. at WrestleMania uh, where I did not have to recite every president. Uh, he just took the picture with one tooth missing and me in a headlock. Still one of my favorite pictures of all time uh, <clears throat> with Mr. Bob Backlund. Uh, but you... JR mentioned that I think JR or Lawler said that I thought he was running for Congress. Well, he did run for Congress as a Republican. He did not succeed, but he was running for Congress in Connecticut. Did not work out. Uh, but he did succeed at helping everyone eliminate Rikishi. And everyone in the stands hated that because yeah. we all wanted to see Rikishi yeah. move on. Mm-hmm. But hey, we lose Rikishi, but at 15, we gain Chris Jericho, who gets, he gets another big pop in MSG. So Chris Jericho again, well on his way to being a big time babyface in 2000. At number 16 is Crash Holly. At 17 is China, who is making her second Royal Rumble match appearance in a row. She is the first woman to ever enter the Royal Rumble. So now we have a whole match for the women, which is cool. Yeah. I think the Rumble has improved because of two Royal Rumble matches, and not just one, in my opinion. Watching 2017, I was like, man. This show really needed another Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, <clears throat> yeah, it really needed that. Yep. So, good stuff there. But China, she eliminates Chris Jericho. She went Ooh, right after him in the beginning, but she gets rid of him right away. But then Big Boss Man it comes and knocks her off the ring apron and eliminates China. So, there's that. At number eighteen is Farouk. But hmm. before he can really get going, the damn Mean Street Posse show up. Yeah, what the hell? And start whooping Farouk's ass. And then Big Boss Man immediately tossed Farouk out of the ring. This felt racist. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, 
I, this felt racist. I don't where, remember the story. Where is the nation of domination right now? What the hell? <laughs> where is Kami Mustafa? <laughs> D'Lo was in there somewhere. Oh, he was. Where the hell is D'Lo at, man? Yeah, What's like, going on? Where's PG-13? Hmm. Where are they at? To help the good brother Farouk out, getting beat up by every white person in the match. <laughs> Crazy. Hmm. I don't remember this story neither, though, to your point. Where's he at? <laughs> where, where he at, too? But where, where, what was the story here? I don't remember. Uh, I don't either. Um, uh, was Shane McMahon around? Because, I mean, Mean, mean Street Posse were, were his buds. but Oh, maybe this the, is a... Um, corporate ministry. Yeah, maybe this is a Ministry of Darkness corporation thing. Like that. But Undertaker's injured, you said, so... Oh, yeah. I and guess, that's, like, that should have been over with, too. It like split at some point, and then you just kind of... All right, well, you're going to feud with him. You guys got to feud with them. Like, maybe it's yeah, plus, one of those things. But Yeah, like that I corporate ministry remember. stuff, that was that should have been over with. We're in 2000. I keep forgetting we're not in 99. We're in 2000. Right. So that should have been done. Yeah. So what are we getting at here? What are we doing? <laughs> no idea. No idea, because I don't remember any follow-up to this for the Mean Street Posse. So there's that. At 19, though, is Road Dog Jesse James. The fans chant, we went puppies, I believe, when he was out there. I thought that was kind of weird. At number 20 is Al Snow. Uh, Road Dog, at the same time, this is happening. He eliminates the British Bulldog. Oh, no. It's a doggy dog world, man. It's a doggy dog world world out there. Uh, Road Dog spends a good time, a good chunk of time in this match, cradling the bottle rope. So, (laughs) solid strategy, I guess. Uh, But why was he wearing a Brooklyn, New York shirt in Philly on Monday? I don't understand that. Because he's Road Dog. And he's bizarre. <laughs> is that is that it? Must be. I guess, man. That's weird. I I was like, what? And X Pac and Triple H had like new DX shirts on. Shawn Michaels had like a blazer and a shirt, but like they had a new DX shirt. Yeah, Why is he wearing a Brooklyn, New York shirt? He didn't didn't match here. What's going well, on? Well, what are we doing? I don't even notice that. Kind of fell asleep during that segment. <laughs> <laughs> I was tired last night. I missed the KO Miz segment. Um, oh man, yeah, I missed a bit. I, I was like, I didn't even notice his shirt. That's what I was like fal- faltering a little bit. I noticed it looks silly, hmm. but whatever. The segment was still good though. It was still a fun segment. I have to At go back and I got to rewatch the Tribal uh, Council, um, Tribal Court. Court, what sorry. they call it, and uh, tribal court that the DX <clears throat> Imperium thing, and uh, maybe the KO Miz thing, I guess. I Whatever, I saw Brock come back and how rushed that was. Yeah, but, Cowboy Brock, baby. Yeah, all hell's breaking loose. Cowboy <laughs> Brock is back. Watch out mm. at number 21, though, is Val Venus. Also back is Funaki. Takamishinoku is not with him, though. <laughs> He's not there. <laughs> because JR said that he's being taken to the hospital. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> For what happened to him. Uh, JR makes, not JR, Lawler makes another racist joke. But then we move on to 22 with Prince Albert. Oh. Just as Val Venus is, being, is eliminating <laughs> Edge. Oh. So, there's that. Uh, at number 23, it's Hardcore Holly. And then Jerry Lawler's like, where the hell is The Rock at, man? We've been waiting for him yeah. all night. Where he at? Where is The Rock? 
And at number 24 comes The yeah. Rock. How about that? He, wanted, he was like, make sure you get all those damn thumbtacks out before I go out there. <laughs> like, you better put me in the final like tw- final 10. I ain't coming right. out there early. <laughs> Y'all let D'Lo Brown take that thumbtack. <laughs> let Crash Holly do it, but don't let me do it. <laughs> this face belongs in Hollywood, baby. The Rock comes in, and he literally knocks Big Boss Man over the top rope and out of the ring. With just slaps. <laughs> he just comes in, slaps that, him in the face three times, and Big Boss Man, from the force of his slaps, goes spit. flying over the top rope. <laughs> yeah, that spit on the final punch. Right? Add some extra stank on That's that. Su- super saliva. <laughs> <laughs> just people just get springs in their feet when he hits them with that, man. They go flying all over the place. It's wild. It's real wild. At number 25, though, is Billy Gunn. As he's coming in, out is going Crash Holly, courtesy of The Rock. But at number 26 is Big Show. And he quickly eliminates Test and Gangrel. At 27 is Bradshaw. However, the Mean Street Posse come out again. Mm. And they beat up Bradshaw. What is going on here? I don't remember this at all. What's going on? Well, at least, you know. Well, he tossed him out. He tossed him out of the ring one by one. That ain't ain't right. (laughs) Right. That's, That's BS. Right, Farouk should have beat him up too. Yeah, Farouk should have came back Bradshaw out, beat him up, kick their ass. Right, but the Outlaws they li- then eliminated Bradshaw, and he's fighting with the Mean Street Posse still as they By run the way, away from him backstage. That, that kinda, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but why didn't they attack him during the tag team match? And yeah, I don't know. Have X Pac if like something was going on, like oh, because we got to see it for the Rumble. Like I don't even. This is where too many things uh, blend together from this time period because, like you, I have no idea why that was a thing. And I'm trying to think, like, but I don't want to think too hard. <laughs> I feel like something must have happened and this storage must have just died or something. I don't know. I don't maybe, remember anything from maybe this the blow at off all. was like on Raw or SmackDown or something. Maybe. Maybe. Or Heat. Who knows? Yeah. It could have been <laughs> Sunday Night Heat. True. Pete, Pete Gas versus Farouk. Sunday Night <laughs> Heat Loser main event. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a Sunday Night Heat main event, man. That's it. Uh, at 28, though, is Kane. He's with Terry. Tory. Not Terry. Tory. Mm-hmm. So you got a Terry and a Tory. This is Tory this time. Uh, Kane comes in. He quickly eliminates Val Venus. Uh, Lawler, he switches his pick for the seventh, seventh time <laughs> to Kane. Uh, at 29, it is the Godfather, who was also on Raw Monday. He was. As the doorman for the, uh, the big... Uh, Casino illegal gambling ring they had backstage at Raw, by the way. I don't know if that's legal in Pennsylvania, bro. Mm. To just be having people shooting dice backstage and playing with cards. Like, mm. we got casinos now, but I don't know if that's legal. If you could just do that at, at wherever, you got to have a license for that, I'm pretty sure, right? And plus, the casinos across the street, the, uh, the live casino, that's right there. Mm. I'm pretty sure they're like, yo, bro, what's up with this? Y'all could have just mm. came over here. And spend some money with us. Shout out to my boy Nico down there. He's, he's <laughs> working down there at the live casino. Next to the next to uh the stadiums. It was it was weird though. But you know, Godfather's here. He's he brought some hoes naturally. You know. <laughs> One of them almost slipped and fell on their way to the ring. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah. She recovered yeah, though. She, she kept did. it together. She didn't she did. eat it, but she came close. Uh, but Funaki comes out again. <clears throat> what is this, like the fifth time? At least. 
JR said it was the eighth time. Because <laughs> he's eliminated once again. He's tossed out again. And then Lawler requests a Takamishinoku replay again. Because he just finds hilarity in it. Yeah. He makes another terrible Asian joke. JR even called him on the air. Jim Ross called Jared Lawler xenophobic <laughs> on mm, the air. Wow. In 2000. <clears throat> it just went nowhere in 2000. Wow. But that's an indictment today. You call somebody xenophobic? Right. That's like fighting words. Right. They get all defensive. How dare they you know call it's me true. <laughs> Right. And you and plus you know it's like it's bad. You don't want to be xenophobic. Right. Exactly. Back in 2000, it was just like you're so xenophobic. Whatever. I'm politically right. incorrect. <laughs> right. There that's what no no consequences. That's what John that Rocker are, thought he was. Exactly. Now that there are people confuse that with freedom of speech. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's not how it works, bruh. You're just a terrible person. That's all. Mm. At number 30, consequences though. for it. So. Exactly. Yeah. At number 30 is X-Pac. Who, again, singing Seth Rollins' song on Raw Monday night. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, flying out of the ring, though, goes Hardcore Holly. I don't know who, who eliminated him. I just saw him fly out of the ring somehow. Uh, Big Show sends Godfather out of the ring. The Rock sends out Snow Packing, and we can all pretty much see where this is going. Because we got Kane, Big Show, and The Rock in the ring, and they're throwing people out of the ring left and right. Except for Road Dog, who Billy Gunn himself eliminates. But he's next to go because Kane tosses him out. Okay? But the Outlaws, they fight Kane outside of the ring. And Kane, they're just scuffling. You know, they're doing stuff outside of the ring. Kane goes out there to fight him for some reason. He leaves <laughs> out the bottom rope. I don't know why he did that. The Rock, meanwhile, The Rock sends X-Pac over the top ropes, but the refs Ooh. don't see it. Oh, <clears throat> got a repeat of Steve Austin from 97. all over again. Exactly. So X-Pac gets back into the ring because the referees, they're occupied with Kane and New Age Outlaws. Kane eventually just leaves them alone and gets back into the ring. I don't know. I guess he had to do that to distract the refs for X-Pac. Yeah. Whatever. That was not necessary, by it, the way. You should have... After 97, you know, you got to have three or four refs out there. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I think there were. And it's just they were all occupied with the well, outlaws and Kane. Dumber. <laughs> even dumber. Uh, Kane body slams Big Show, but was quickly eliminated. I forget who was eliminated by. I guess X-Pac eliminated him, right? I think that's yeah, who eliminated him. spinning heel kick over there. Yes. He does that. I love that, uh, you know. Over the rope and land on the feet thing. Yeah. Kane does that? Yeah. Kane, yeah. When the other taker first did that, I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but it also says both feet are firmly on the floor. So, Correct. Kane, you got to go. Yeah. You are standing up you now. You cannot go back in. <laughs> right. So, the final three is Rock, Big Show, and X Pac. One of these three men will main event WrestleMania this yeah. year. <laughs> Great. It won't be X-Pac, though. He is, he is literally <laughs> tossed out of the ring by Big Show. Mm. Like, he just tossed him. Like, he was a sack of nothing. Leaving just The Rock and The Big Show to fight it out over who will win the War Rumble and advance to WrestleMania. Yep. Big Show's revenge coming. Get Big Show Triple revenge. H. Get back at him. Right? The Rock hits a spine buster and follows it up oh, with the man. people's elbow. The Rock then tried to throw Big Show over the top rope, but the Big Show countered with a choke slam. Mm. Big Show picks up The Rock and like carries him around the ring and is about to toss him out. 
When he goes to do it, The Rock counters by hanging on to the ropes and sending Big Show flying over the top rope onto the floor. Both feet hits the floor, and The Rock wins his first and only Royal Rumble. To date. It's his first and only Royal <laughs> Rumble win to date. Yes. <laughs> to date. Hmm. The Rock takes the microphone after the match and tells people, hey, I'm going to WrestleMania, baby. Hits him with it. If you smell, The Rock is cooking. But the Big Show comes back and tries to beat up The Rock. The Big Show even tosses him over the top rope. I guess to show, hey, I can do that. I did it. The Rock didn't even bother fighting him anymore. Just, he just taunts him and just walks the away. Ma- the match is over, you idiot. <laughs> right, I'm done. I'm done with you. The Rock walks away the winner. Dot, dot, dot. For now. Mm. Well, he remained the winner. But they also, this is still a controversial finish, right? Because it wasn't like right. Big his show. feet also hit the floor at the same time as Big, Fo- Big Show's well, body hit the floor or before, something like that. Before, oh, it was before. Know, so, um, but the referees had declared The Rock the winner. So uh, Big Show, I think, the next night offered video evidence. <laughs> so oh, they yeah, replayed it and uh, you know, did that whole that. thing. But I believe the... WrestleMania spot was up for grabs at the next pay-per-view that February no way pay-per-view. Out. Yeah. So which I I think Big Show won that match, right? I think. Uh, you know Cuz how did he get in that damn match at WrestleMania? I, I think. <laughs> you know what? You might be right, honestly. I think Big I, Show I, I don't won that remember match. how it became like a four-way. <laughs> Cuz Linda was just like, "Ah, McFoley's not retired. He's going to be there." It's like, "Oh." Right. Well, I remember Big okay, McFoley well, just getting inserted. But I'm pretty sure the Big Show beat The Rock at No Way Out. Yeah, he beats The Rock. Oh, my goodness. So that's how Big Show got into the match. Yeah, I, no one expected that, I'm sure. I'm sure. So when, it, when that happened, I was probably pissed off. <laughs> oh, well, everybody was. Because here's the thing. <laughs> the Rock did main event in WrestleMania for the WWF Championship, but in a very, very weird main event yeah. match that had a McMahon in every corner. Oh, man. Yes. Vince McMahon in The Rock's corner, Stephanie McMahon in Triple H's corner, but we also got Shane McMahon in Big Show's corner and Linda McMahon in Mick Foley's yeah, so corner. Shane was still around, so I don't know what the Mean Street Posse was doing. Don't know. Or if they were, you know, aligned on screen at, at this point or not, but weird. Whatever. Foley, like I said, got into this match because of sympathy. Nobody wanted to see him retire, and he hadn't had a WrestleMania main event yet, and this is going to be his first one. Uh, fortunately... For me, at least, I got to see the real WrestleMania main event at Backlash. I did not watch <laughs> WrestleMania on pay-per-view. Uh, so I didn't get to see this four fatal four-way, four-corners match, whatever you want to call it, with the McMahons. Fortunately, I saw Backlash next month. Much better ending, much better match, much better match itself in you know, the matchup in The Rock versus Triple H being one-on-one. I just don't know how... Vince McMahon got to any other destination besides Triple H and The Rock at WrestleMania one on one. Especially when you watch this show. It's like McMahon was so used to being involved with WrestleMania main events somehow that he just couldn't help himself by not only inserting himself, but the entire family somehow. Yeah. Which was no one asked for that. But like when you watch this show, you watch the two thousand Royal Rumble, right? It's clear as day that The Rock is the number one babyface and Triple H is the number one heel. And that should be your main event of WrestleMania alone. Just just them two. It's not. It couldn't have been more obvious. 
right? You watch the show, The Rock, who just won the Royal Rumble, number one good guy. Triple H, who just retained the title, number one bad guy. It's clear. It couldn't have been more clear where your path is going, where it should be. This should be easy. This is a piece of cake. This is a layup. This is easy as picking Steve Austin versus The Rock at WrestleMania 15. Is that obvious? Yet we didn't get it <laughs> at WrestleMania. Mm. Like you said, like Hogan and, and, and Flair in 92. Clear and obvious. Vince, though, weird dude. Because I don't know how we got anywhere else besides that. <laughs> After watching this show, it couldn't have been more clear. The path was there. It's just like they, Vince used to do this all the time. He would make it harder on himself and book himself in the corners for the sake of, I don't know what, just to shake things up and to be weird. But sometimes you it's just right there. Just do the logical thing that, they, that he's done before. It's not like this is something that Vince has never done. He put The Rock and Steve Austin together. That made perfect sense. This made sense too. I I don't understand it. It's, uh, they branded WrestleMania differently too this year. So I, I it's like WrestleMania 2000 and stuff like that. So maybe he felt like he needed as many quote unquote stars in the main event. And McMahon's too. I know. Hey, WrestleMania 2000, baby. Only thing yeah, I can he- think of because for him, one to one wasn't enough. So okay, apparently he went to four. He went to four, <laughs> and not three, but four. He retained the damn title. What the hell? Terrible, terrible. Like I said, no, I'm no happy. main event in WrestleMania should have a title retained. Or he'll win. <laughs> yes. How yes. about that? Unless yeah. it's Roman Reigns. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was just weird. It was a weird time. They found their footing. They righted the ship. They like they like did the redo at Backlash. Like, all right, y'all. All right, look, we messed it up. We're going to run it back, but different this time. We're going to do the right thing and do what we should have did at WrestleMania at Backlash. And they did. And maybe they wanted to do that with Steve Austin and they couldn't because he wasn't ready for it. I don't know. Either way, the four-way, just that wasn't it. I know that much. That was not it. But that is the 2000 Royal Rumble. Nick, any final thoughts before we wrap it up for episode 352? Nope. Same here. It's a fun show. Uh, Overall, Royal Rumble was fun. Some fun things happen, obviously. Uh, but yeah, it was an eh, it was a show for 2000. It got better though. It definitely got better in 2000. This was not. This is one of the. Uh, despite a great street fight and a solid war rumble, this was still probably one of the weaker shows, uh, pay per views of the year from WWF overall. Even the tables match was great too. I take that back. That's that's a good. Yeah. That was a really good match too. The tables yeah. match, but there's still the 2000 set the bar kind of high. So, this didn't quite, I don't think, quite matched it. But, that's neither here nor there. We're done with the 2000 War Rumble. Nick, please wrap up episode 352 by taking us out with some plugs, please. Follow me at underscore Picon on Twitter and us at twitter.com slash the shooters pod. That was weird. It's the first time I said that uh, that way. And on Facebook at the shooters pod. And you can catch me at phillyinfluencer.com at foxphlgambler at FoxPHLGambler on Twitter and FoxPHLGambler.com. I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. You can find me there or find me out here in these streets. 
Uh, you can find me, my professional tweets at Philly Inquirer. You can follow us on Instagram at Philly Inquirer or at Philly Inc. Sports. That's where the sports account is, so go check us out there. Uh, go check us out on Patreon again, patreon.com slash the shooters pod. Make a request. We will fulfill it. And you get to make a cameo on the show, just like the good brother Chris Johnson did at the, at earlier in this show. You can be just like him if you go over to sh- patreon.com slash the shooters pod. But until next time, for Nick Bacone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 352 of the Stray Shooters. Hope y'all enjoy the Royal Rumble, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Hey, baby, this is Jimmy Hart, baby. The man for the South, Jimmy Hart. And you listen to the Vaughn Johnson and Nick Bacone of the Stray Shooters, baby. Yeah, baby. Hulk Hogan's my best friend. Did you know that?